Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Nerd Herder Main Show. I am your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I am unreasonably tired for what I've done today. <laughs> which is you're, nothing. you're always tired. <laughs> well, yeah. And you're also always Herd Mom. I'm always Herd Mom. Always. I'm your mother. It never turns... Well, not mine. No, That'd I'm not your weird. mother. That would be very <laughs> weird. Uh, you're the mother of the Banthas. The, the, uh, the, <laughs> oh the, my gosh. The, the holy Bantha mother. Please... Please draw me as the mother of Banthas. <laughs> it's just like Daenerys, but with Banthas. Yes, it's just like two real swirly horns coming out of the side of my head and a tiny Bantha sitting on my shoulder. Oh my goodness, how have we made it two seasons with this madness? <laughs> well, um, you gotta be crazy to keep doing stuff. Exactly, and we are crazy and we're continuing to do stuff and this is the stuff, but yeah, this is the last episode of the main show for season two of Nerd Herders. A lot of people didn't know we were in yep. season two. Basically, that's just meaning the um, quarter of the year that it is. Yes. You know, on on our calendar, we break it up into quarters and tackle <clears throat> each one as its own season and all that other stuff. It really has no bearing. We're going to start next next week on season three, and it's not going to feel like anything changed because nothing changes. Yeah. We just refer to it for that for planning purposes. Exactly. But it does let us know we've been doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah, we have. We're coming it, up on one year of podcasts. Yeah, it's it's close. And uh, you know, yeah. we've done thirty two episodes of uh the main show now. It's wild. Yeah, it's just it's a lot. And mm. we're ending on a pretty stumper of a show. Um we're yeah. sitting down to talk the prophecies that were introduced in the recently released Master and Apprentice and hopefully you know, we're going to make sure to put this up when we promote the episode so that hopefully by now you're listening and are aware mm -hmm. of this. But if you're not aware, there will not be spoilers. Yes. The prophecies have nothing to do with this. Well, yeah, they have something to do, but we're not going to talk about how they relate yeah. to the story of Master and Apprentice. It's just an expansion of, you know, the prophecy that we already know. Yeah, and so the prophecies play a part, and that's where we get them from, but at the end of the day... it. What we're going to talk about has nothing to do with the book recently released. So you don't have to worry about, yeah. if you haven't read the book, you're fine. You don't have to, you know, turn off the show or anything like that. We're specifically just talking about the prophecies that are revealed, including the one about the Chosen One and, and how that compares to Legends and kind of how <clears> we <throat> unpack that. Um, and a few others that were introduced because there's mm -hmm. more than one prophecies. Yeah, the only spoiler we'll talk about is that there's a character who looks and sounds like Sam Elliott. Oh, well, that's not a spoiler. No, that's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rail Averos from the book is one of my new funny. favorites. He is so funny. Uh, and, yeah, up until I heard him voiced in the audio, uh, I read him as Nathan Fillion. And I yeah. still I still see Nathan Fillion, but he sounds like Sam Elliott. It's so yeah. weird. Like, really leaning into the whole space cowboy thing. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, we'll save all of our big open thoughts on Master and Apprentice for May 4th when we're doing yes. a full review and when we'll be announcing two lucky winners who are getting Star Wars Celebration exclusive copies mm -hmm. of Master and Apprentice. So, so you guys got homework. Yeah, if, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't gotten your copy uh, yet and would like to enter to win one, um, or if you have one and would like an exclusive one, or if you're listening and haven't entered at all, um, head to our Twitter page. It's our pinned tweet. Do what you gotta do to enter for that, and then tune back in Saturday yeah. uh, to our YouTube channel. It's not gonna be on the podcast. It's gonna yes. be on our YouTube channel. Uh, and we'll talk Master and Apprentice, and we'll give away two copies of it. So, uh, yeah, that long-winded intro out of the way. Uh, we're talking about the prophecies today, but before we get there, 
We got news. We got news. It's multiplying. Well, not really. It's just sort uh, of kind of in in some ways. Yeah, like since celebration, it's certainly multiplied. Um. Yeah. Uh. So in gaming news, guess what? We're not talking about. First things first. We're not talking about Battlefront. Uh, we're talking about uh, something new. Uh, we have fin- we finally have a date to look forward to for Vader Immortal. And while Fallen Order isn't until November, you can stay busy playing Vader Immortal starting May 21st for the Oculus Quest, the newest VR headset, which is completely untethered. Which, yeah. if you've seen us, you know how important that is to be untethered. <laughs> okay. So you'll get it soon. Sure. Trust me. I've only played, like, mobile VR stuff, so it, it's always kind of technically been untethered to me, so... Well, um, we've done the Void. Yeah, but, that's I mean, untethered. that's Wait. that's that's different. You're tethered, but you wear you wear the, the thing. You basically wear a computer. It's wild. It's crazy. It feels like you're going into the Matrix. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to report with Battlefront, um, so this was really nice to get... Um, uh, if they had said the date before, I'd never seen it. So finally having the date, and obviously it comes out the same day as the the, the gear for it. Um, it's yeah. exciting, and uh, I mean, if you can afford to drop the chunk of change on <clears throat> the new Oculus Quest, yeah, um, then there's going to be a link in the description for that. I mean, hey, we ain't going to judge. Just no. invite us over if you buy it. <laughs> exactly. um, but yeah, there's a link in the description where you can buy it, and with at no extra cost to you, you end up supporting the show. Um, yeah. You you pay Amazon tons of money for a new uh, gaming system, and they pay us for uh, helping you buy it. And then y- you invite us over, and we play it. Yeah, like this <laughs> that's is, how it works. This is a little bit of free advertising for Amazon, but like the Amazon card is so it's very incredibly helpful. useful. Yeah, it's it's very helpful if you find yourself um, using Amazon more frequently, and we're entering in the age when Amazon is more reliable than uh, actual stores. And so if you're like us and you depend on Amazon a lot, yep. get you an Amazon card just because uh, it, it pays for itself easily. Exactly. So, um, Like, we recently had gotten, like, $51 in rewards. Mm-hmm. And I spent it on nail polish. Yeah, you did. Uh, I had your permission, though, so it's You not did, you did, you did. Um, so no word yet if it's going to be backwards compatible to the Rift on the same day of release, but it is coming to the Rift as well. Yes, they they made sure to to mention that at celebration at the panel. It is happening, but uh, as of the time that we're recording, we haven't seen Oculus reply to any of the inquiries about yes. is it going to be on the Rift the same day? Because usually sometimes there's a delay to coming out on an older uh, model, but um, yeah. Either way, mm-hmm. um, it's exciting, and, and we're trying to wrap <clears throat> our minds around how we're going to make it happen to to get that and play that and all that good stuff, and then we'll probably put it up on the Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? If yeah, we have a Twitch account now. By the way, we have a Twitch account. Uh, we also have an Instagram now. Uh, the Instagram is at the Nerd Herder Pod... It's not at. It's the Nerd Herder Podcast, because Nerd Herder Cast was taken. Really? Thanks, dude, whoever you are. Wow, we're still we've still been around longer. Yes, we have. We are the original nerd herder. I can't believe we have to say that. Heck yeah, the OG, the real thing, Gucci. Yeah, we're the nerd herder that talks about the news. Yes, and um, all the good stuffs. But yeah. Anyway, comic news. Yeah. Uh, you've been reading a lot of comics. 
Uh, Star Wars number 65, Star Wars Adventures Flight of the Falcon one-shot, and Age of the Rebellion, Age of Rebellion, Han Solo are all out this week. Yeah, and they're all great. They all are awesome. Unlike last week, we had no dilemmas with our comic releases this week. <laughs> so, well, let's leave that last week. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. We, we, you know, especially with Flight of the Falcon, it's... Yeah. We love know, Flight of the Falcon. Yeah, and, and getting introduced to the series introduced us to... Uh, a writer in a relationship, <clears throat> and it's so crazy that our new BFF. That's uh, yeah, that series is in, ending. It's one of it's been one of my favorites from Advent, uh, Star Wars Adventure. So yeah, it's really cool. Um, for May fourth, of course, this May fourth is com- free comic book day. What a coinky dink! Yeah, so support your local comic book stores. Yes, if that you, is... if you can. If you can, if you have the means, or if you have a comic book store in your area, support your local comic book stores before anything else, yeah. in my opinion. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, we sub- we um, get what we can from our comic book sh- shop, and what we can't, we get on Comixology. Yeah. Um, just because ours is a small local place, so yeah. they don't always have everything, which is unfortunate, but, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, by you supporting your local shops, they eventually can start to get more of the things that you want, but you can't expect them to have everything if they don't have support to begin with. So yeah. That's, you know, that's the big thing. Yeah, we're incredibly fortunate that our comic book shop not only is so close to where we live, but also the dude who runs it knows us by name now. <laughs> yeah, and he's a really cool dude. He's really and, cool. And so we can always count on them for Star Wars, but for other things, it's kind of... It, you know, it starts to get a little bit more difficult. Like, mm-hmm. I bought I bought um, a few um, Vault comic um, series um, digital just because our local place doesn't carry Vault comics. Yeah, that so, was the Battlestar Galactica one. Uh, not not no. that one. No, um, it's a different horror series. But um, but yeah, like, and they don't carry Wasted Space, which is by Vault and everything. So certain gotcha. certain series they don't have, and but. You know, again, by uh, hope, the hope is by supporting them, the bigger they get, the more traffic they get, the more mm-hmm. uh, likely they are to get other um, companies. Yeah. Uh, distri- to be able to distribute their stuff. But yeah. So free comic book day. Free comic book day. Uh, we will have a new issue of Tales from Vader's Castle. And it's free. And it's free. So I, I guess if you still haven't gotten that and you're interested in whether you like it or not then you can pick up the free copy and then yeah. decide and then get rid of the rest because yeah, coming up soon the box set is being released and you can just listen to me say you'll like it it's really great it's really good it's really good and it's coming back this october so now's a great time to go ahead and uh yeah go ahead and um get introduced to it because mm-hmm. uh, it's return to vader's castle <laughs> this october so exciting stuff we like that series Yep, and book news. Yeah! Comic book, book book. Uh, out this week, Dooku Jedi Lost. Yay! Oh my gosh, I love this. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, it's not too late to pick it up and support the show on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get it on Audible with our link. Uh, also released yesterday was Star Wars Alien Archive. Uh, it's a book detailing the various intergalactic species of Star Wars, and it's not, it's got great art, and uh, lots of information, and we definitely recommend it, because we like aliens. And we've had it for four months already. Yep. Uh, it was released <laughs> in, like, October in the UK. Yeah. And it was set to release in the US at the same time, but then all of a sudden, last minute, it was like, oh, no, this isn't coming out until next year. And I was like, 
well, what's so different about the UK version? Guess what? Not a lot. So mm-hmm. we paid a, l- a little bit more on shipping and got it four months ago. So yeah, it's, it's a fun book though. It's great. You know, if you thought it like, I mean, if you'd like to know more about the creatures and aliens of Star Wars, it's a it's a great resource for that, and mm-hmm. it's got beautiful art. So yeah, it's a good way to go. Um. So in Galaxy's Edge news, kind of, uh, a Galaxy's Edge tie-in novel, Crash of Fate has its official cover art, and thanks to author Zoraida Cordova... Zoraida Cordova, yeah. Zoraida Cordova. Good. We got a good look at it. And we will have a link for you to pre-order this book as well. Um, it's such released in August. Oh, birthday party. There you go. Um, and tells the story of childhood friends Izzy and Jules, and will give us a bit of history and lore about Batu. Yeah, it's interesting. It sounds like Lost yeah. Stars on Batu. Yeah. Um, and that is nothing but a good thing. <laughs> also, your birthday, not my birthday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Oculus Quest, uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, and Galaxy's Edge. Um, there's links in the description. Check those out if you'd like to pick them up for yourself. So, but, uh, yep. that's the news. That's it. That's so, the quickest news ever. Yeah, I mean, we, some stuff to talk about, but, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a resting period. You mm-hmm. know, we've got we've got stuff on the way, but... Uh, it'll be a slow trickle, so... Yep. But uh, we're going ahead and going to get into our main show now and bite yeah. into that juicy topic. Let's get this bread! All right, so like we said in Master and Apprentice, even though it's kind of a subplot, it's just it's sort of a helper and enhancer to the rest of the plot, Yeah. we do get some glimpses into Jedi prophecy. And in... I mean... You know, we say that, obviously, the <clears throat> big one is the Chosen One prophecy. Yeah. And that's the one often talked about. But there's actually a couple of other ones introduced that are very interesting. And essentially, the role they play is very basic and simple. Qui-Gon sees moments in his journey in this book that recall these prophecies to his mind. Yeah. To the point that I think the reason by the Phantom Menace that he's so invested in Anakin as the Chosen One and in this being a fulfillment of the prophecy is because of some of the moments he sees here that are like, oh, this is this is familiar. This seems like it's building to this. It's, yeah. you know. So basically, he studied these as a young Padawan and they're coming back around now and it's leading him to believe something's coming up. Time is coming mm-hmm. that has been prophesied about. Which really explains why, in The Phantom Menace, he jumps in with both feet. Yeah, I mean, that's always been an interesting thing for someone who is so... You would expect it from a Jedi Jedi, I think, more than Qui-Gon, because Qui-Gon seems so mature and questioning, and he seems to be more above those aspects of the Jedi Order. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean... It, in a condescending way, it's more of a... It, he he doesn't come off as the type that would be invested in prophecies and such. Yeah. He seems much more moralistic. <clears throat> he seems much more uh, invested in the Jedi Code and, and, and the representation of the Jedi as an order. Less in the mystical sense, but this is all mystical. The, pro- the You know, accepting that these prophecies are true is very... It's it's really leaning into the Jedi mysticism, I think. Yeah, definitely. Which 
is a time long gone for the Jedi Order as it stands. I mean, by the time we get to the Phantom Menace, the mysticism is past. I mean, we're in the age of counting midichlorians, we're in the age of, you know, refuting a child who might be the chosen one because he's too old. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I like to say it's it's gotten clinical. It's gotten yeah. very uh, procedural. It it It's a lot like when you compare, you know, mm-hmm. ancient church to church now. Lots more structure has been in, in input into church the way we understand it now. It, you know, yeah. you don't, it's not just a, peop- a group of people, and, and it can apply to any church, I think, but, you know, you don't just have a group of people sitting around in a room saying, we believe this. Mm-hmm. Now, if you walk into a church and it's like, oh, you don't have Wednesday night programs, that's yeah. a little weird. Are you sure you're yeah. a real church? Yeah, y'all don't have night services. You don't have night <laughs> What kind of church is this? Y'all don't love the Lord? And it's it's kind of that same way where it's like we've come to expect the procedures of the institution more than the the morals of the institution. Yeah. It does, it's I mean, like, you know, you know someone has said to us before, oh, your church doesn't take communion? Right, like... No. You know, is that are we burning in hell because exactly. of that? Like, you know... It, Some people would argue, but like... Yeah, I mean, we're not here to argue those points, but it's just, it's the comparison yeah. that I always come to when I think about how church has evolved and how, <clears throat> over a much longer period of time, the Jedi Order's evolved. Yeah. How this structure has been introduced and all that. Yeah. And, and that's what we're going to get into with the prophecy of the chosen one especially in legends they talk a lot about a lot of people poke holes in the belief of it because that's ancient jedi stuff exactly. this doesn't apply to current jedi stuff it's yep. like you know and and i think that's why it's also a little weird like when you watch the phantom menace you know if you can rewind back to when you're first taking this in you're like wait whoa prof chosen one pro like yeah. you you never really apply that to the jedi until then and and i think that's because yeah it's not meant to fit entirely. Exactly. Not because not because the prophecy is wrong, but because the Jedi Order has definitely evolved. Yeah. And and structure's not bad, organization's not bad, hierarchy's not necessarily bad. What I think is bad, and I think what we start to see from some of these prophecies, is there's this degradation of morals that happens if we're not careful. If we replace morals with structure, and if we replace rules, or if we replace um, beliefs with rules and all this other, like... Or when the two become interchangeable. Right. It, it, then you put yourself in a compromised place, I think. Yeah. And I think that's what some of the prophecies are speaking to, is there's going to be a period of compromise, unhealthy compromise, I think. Yes. Is kind of what we continue to see in a theme. Incredibly so. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed getting this glimpse, in, you know, like, and this extra understanding. Like, I don't know if it was anything, it was if it was a thing for anyone else, but, yeah, I mean, the there's a big switch, I think, in Qui-Gon where he goes from the very pragmatic questioning uh, Jedi mm-hmm. to the very prophecies, prophecies, you know, chosen ones, and all of our future d- depend on this child. Like, it, I'm not saying, like, there's... He there's a point when I like him less, but there's definitely a point where his motivations change in the Phantom Menace. Yeah. As soon as he discovers Anakin, and it's it's interesting how he goes from one side to the other. 
but seeing these sides of him as he's studying these prophecies and as he's starting to question, like, wait, whoa, this reminds me of something here. It, It's one of those things where it's like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's alerted to, okay, we need to, we need to keep our eyes open. Like, the, the forces talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so that leads us to the prophecies. And, and like I said, there's the chosen one, and we'll save that for the end because there's a lot to talk about there. Mm-hmm. But, um... I think what's more interesting is that we also get a few other prophecies. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I'd never imagined, a, a, like, a book of prophecy for the Jedi or something. I, I never yeah. expected a whole lot. I I thought the Chosen One was kind it, of it. It kind of makes me think, were there, like, Jedi soothsayers, like, in ancient Greece? Well, and you know what? And uh, they, they're, we're going to talk about that there's mention of that in like some legends materials Mm -hmm. um but in dooku jedi lost even uh and it's not a spoiler but they you know dooku mentions like um there's there's certain gifted jedi in those areas where Mm -hmm. they study the prophecies they kind of are watchers almost looking for revelations of the prophecies and all that but there's also this disconnect between those that believe and study this and the council because there's there's a point when there's a uh, um, they want to bring something to the council but they're told the council won't believe you yeah although like I imagine those people can be kind of annoying because like maybe like a week ago you say I think I'm gonna go to Denny's for lunch mm-hmm. then a week later you go to Denny's for lunch and Greg's like the prophecy <laughs> I'm sure there's I'm sure there's ones that just latch onto everything as prophecy um yeah like Trelawney. But, but there, but yeah, there's this idea, like, you know, you know the, the council allows yeah. study of prophecy, but they don't necessarily believe in it. Yeah, it's just like, I imagine Yoda and Mace were just like, you pump your brakes there, Hoss, we don't do that no well, more. Well, I mean, that's exactly what they did in The Phantom Menace. Exactly. It's like, so you believe it's this boy, like, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, and... He's too old! I mean... There, there's, there's reasons for that. Yeah. Um, there's Jedi that are very poor Jedi because they started older, and and it's the belief that you're even at even as a child you can be set in your ways, and the ways of the Jedi are difficult to understand and accept as a mature person, yeah. but as a child it's 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 one of those things where you're more susceptible if you're young. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's cultish, but it's, it is yeah. true. There's studies upon studies about, you know, people who are in a state of arrested development in emotional and, you know, mentally... They're in a time capsule. Exactly. They're locked in. Because something happened when they were, like, between the ages of five and ten. Yeah, it's formative years. Exactly. Um, but, we're, I mean, when we're talking about he's too old, I mean, yeah. like, Obi-Wan... I mean, he was he was babe. Like, he was, he was babe me. young. Like, I, I can't remember. I, I know the number three he's was there. He's an adult babe, too. Yeah. I don't know if the number... I know the number three was involved. I don't know if it was three months or three years. Either nice. way, he was young. It's well, we the, see, like... In the comics, Jedi coming and collecting Bebes. Well, yeah, Seekers. That's their that's their job. And but it's the point where you know Obi Wan talks about like, I I know nothing. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, Dooku was dropped off as a baby. Ugh. He never knew anything. Yeah. And so it it's it's easier for them to know the Jedi way if they know no other way. 
Also, I have a question about Dooku. Okay. Named after planet or planet named after him? What do you mean? Dooku Sereno. Uh, what, that he doesn't have a last name? I thought that was a thing that was established in the book. I read something earlier. It, it's more of like, um, it's more of like a f- oh. family name, but it's not, I don't think it's, it's like, meant to be his name name. Ezio Auditore di Firenze. Yeah, it's more, because it's House Sereno. Yes. Of Sereno. So yeah. it it's more of like... The people of Sereno. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. It's like you would be I could, Sir John from Savannah. I could explain it, but it would be a thing that comes up in the book that I would prefer people read. I think I think when you read, well, not read, when you listen to Dooku, Jedi Lost, yeah. it explains it pretty well. Um, so you have to listen there for that. But, the you know, the non-spoiler thing is, like many Jedi, he was dropped off as a baby, or brought as a baby, and so... I mean, we didn't expect to get into all that, but... Just, like, the Sereno family, just, like, hovering and... And just... just yeah, <laughs> just, just... Hunting baby Dooku. Yeah, kick the baby. Into Yoda's arms. Um, but anyway, on topic. Yes, so, but, uh, but all that to lead to the idea of... This is a period in time where things are a certain way. I th- yes. You know, I don't think... It, I, it was rambly, but I think it's all on point to establish... The Jedi way at this point wasn't really receptive to prophecies... Yes. But that's kind of what I think some of the prophecies talk about. So mm-hmm. let's let's go ahead and get into some of those. And like I said, we're saving the big one for the end. Let's but just jump in. Um, most are just one-liners. So the first one we get, I think, is a pretty easy one. But, you know, uh, she who will be born to darkness will give birth to darkness. This one I don't understand completely, which really? I don't think we're meant to. Really? Explain to me a thing, John. No, I, I'm, I'm just surprised by that. It was really dark when Shmi was born. I don't know. It Not Shmi. Like, who? Her granddaughter. Oh. oh! Now, here's here's the thing. That's not... Oh! <laughs> it's your favorite character. So... Oh! <laughs> That's why I was sort of like... I feel dumb. Wait, just... you, didn't, you didn't think of I that? I did not get that at all. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, I, now here's the thing. Oh. It's not said in the book. None of none of what everything we're talking about is our best guesses and thoughts of unpacking yeah. these. Um, Ugh, but beans. it's really hard not to see this as Leia. Mm-hmm. Um, now I actually, you know, Shmi. That's a good idea too. We we don't know enough about her story to say that she was born into darkness, but she certainly, arguably, did kind of in a way give birth to it. But I feel like that's a little harsh yeah. on young Anakin. Oh, we gonna talk about the circumstances of his birth. <laughs> yeah, because like I've been well, oh, fired yeah. up since I read there. Vader number twenty-five. Um, but yeah, I think while Shmi could be applied in a way, I think it's, I think it's Leia fits. Leia. I think Leia fits um, yeah. because she was born at the birth of Darth Vader. She was born yeah. out of a period of great darkness, and we have a sequel trilogy all about the fact that she gave birth to darkness. What do you think Leia was like in the delivery room? Just like cursing out Han <laughs> and just like throwing things at his head? I don't head. even think Han was there. No, he um, was probably like waiting outside while Luke was beside her bed. Just like, <laughs> probably. I'm Chewie was there, you know that. <laughs> no. um, and for the first time, she could speak Shrewook. And I now here and here's the thing: I don't know that it necessarily has to just apply to Leia. Yeah. Um, it it could just be a prophecy of. Now she. She could mean yeah. a society. It could mean the Republic. It could. 
Could you know, be? the Republic was established out of war, <coughs> and then it gave birth to arguably the greatest and most devastating war, the war that ended it. Yeah. So there's there's a few ways to take it, but I think I think overall the idea being that sometimes if we're not careful, if our origins are from a certain place, our ending can be in that same place. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, we talk about, you know, uh, we you know we have a horror podcast coming. We we love <gasps> horror movies and all this other stuff, like. It's this idea that, oh, formative years, something bad happened, and then yeah. nothing on their course changes them, so they end in a bad place as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, think I, yeah. I think this is kind of echoing that in a way of, like, if you're born out of dark... Now, obviously, it does, it's not long, it's not wordy, but mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're born in darkness, and you're not careful with your life... Yes. You'll give birth to more darkness, you'll end yeah. in darkness. I mean, like, even in real life, it's a circumstances of one's birth is irrelevant but also like you hear all the time with serial killers or you know mm-hmm. domestic terrorists abusive like, or, abusive family you know, head trauma at a young dra- age yeah, like, and just continued lack of therapy and stuff yeah like i mean that. well it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah that's the starting line yes but there's ways to deal with that. There's exactly. ways to work with that. There's ways to change and better that. Exactly. And there's plenty of points in certain people's lives where someone could step in and say, Hey, mm-hmm. you need to deal with this yeah, in and, a healthy manner. And, and I mean, that's an a integral missing link in those conversations is we love to put on yeah. what happened to start them off. But yeah. what about all the years that they had before their first act of whatever exactly. that could have been a red flag? Like, I understand the idea of like, oh, well, I'm not a therapist. I don't want to inject my... Like, but if you feel Reach like something's wrong, you know, yeah. you can do something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah. that that's kind of what I see in this prophecy. Yeah. I think it could apply to Leia. I think it could apply to the Republic. Yeah. I mean, we'd love to talk about, you know, with our own um, government, you know, Lady Liberty. We we treat yeah. the government as if it's a woman. You know, the Republic could be the she. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could just be general. It could just be to anyone in terms of born in darkness, you'll give birth to darkness. Yeah. I, I think that's a little... I think that's a little much. I, that's why I add in the middle part of, like, if you don't change things. Yes. Because it's like the quote of, like, you know, if you don't tend to your wounds, you'll bleed on people that didn't wound you. And it's the idea of, like, if you don't take care of things, then those will lead to you to give birth to the same things that hurt you, in a way, you yeah. know? Don't pick that scab, or else it's gonna hurt later. I don't know. Never gonna heal. You can pick your friends. You can pick your nose, but you can't wipe your friends on the couch. <laughs> Very true. Uh, you can pick your friend's nose. I've done it. Um, Gross. So moving on from that one, I <laughs> thought that one was going to be... I, th- I put that one first because I was like, oh, we're definitely going to know this and talk about this. I did not get it until you mentioned it. <laughs> there, okay. Well, this one's going to be fun then. Oh, boy. So, and this is one where I have to preface with, much like prophecy of religion and, and the Bible and so many other uh, mythologies and, and belief systems, you've got... Don't take it literally. <laughs> yeah, you've got to take it with interpretation and symbolism because, yeah. you know, a five-eyed lion with seven wings doesn't necessarily m- actually mean that. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah. Now, what's it supposed to mean? I don't know. But 
Yeah. I didn't go to school for prophecy or anything I like didn't that. Go to so, but it's the idea of if you think about, you can think about it literally and get some. So, for instance, you know, you can think literally the she is Leia, or you can think more symbolically that the she is the government, the republic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and and that's gonna apply more to these next couple. I think where it's you got to stretch yourself in that symbolism a little bit more. But yeah. Uh, so another prophecy that we get is when the Kyber that is not Kyber shines forth, the time of prophecy will be at hand. So okay, the the one the thing about this one that is odd or kind of a hang up is the mention of Kyber. I think for me it's it's one of those things where it's like. I can't think of what it means because I keep getting stuck on Kyber. Like, what? what? Yeah, like, the only thing I can think of is when Chirrut says the strongest, or the, the brightest stars have hearts of Kyber. But that's about it. Well, but I think he was talking about the Death Star. Yeah. I think, like, you know, because it has a heart of Kyber. Do you think that Chirrut might have been one of the prophecy Jedi? Or not Jedi, but, like, Force users? I think he definitely had the gift of vision. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> ironic i know uh, <laughs> that was funny uh but seriously i think i think he definitely i mean oh i just laughed at someone's disability it's, it, well that. it's one of those things like there you know there's a story in the church of the the pastor that was a great speaker but he got prideful in his speaking and he prayed to god to take away his speaking but instead of taking it away god used it for his voice so god used his gift for his glory kind of thing. So it's this idea of, I'm not necessarily taking it away, I'm using it for my glory. And it's like the Force, now the Force literally might have taken his vision away to give him greater vision, though. That happened in America Horror Story. Maybe. (laughs) I haven't seen everything. Yeah, it happened in Coven. Okay. Yeah, I I never finished that one. But, yeah, so it's, I think, I think Chirrut's one of those cases where it's like, in order to see, he had to lose sight. That literally happened in America. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, like, so for instance, when Chirrut says, you know, the strongest stars have hearts of Kyber, I think in a way that's almost literal because, like I said, I always interpreted that as Death Star, oh, yeah. because it has a heart of Kyber and it it's a powerful weapon. So I I take that a little bit more literal, but I don't. When the Kyber that is not Kyber shines forth. Now, here's the thing. There's fake Kyber that shows up in this story. Yeah. And that's why Qui-Gon kind of recalls this a little bit. I don't... I mean, what we could think of with some of these is like, oh, it's a setup for another story that we haven't gotten yet. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it's referencing old Legends material or something like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to happen in the story. It doesn't have to be something we already know. Yeah. It's more about the interpretation of it. And think about it. There's Jedi whose job it is to just sit around and think about this stuff. I mean, so imagine how difficult it is. Um, I think, like I said, there's fake Kyber in the Master and Apprentice story. And Qui-Gon's train of thought is that. Mm -hmm. It relates to this. So that's what perks up his ears of like, you know, because it says the time of prophecy will be at hand. So he's like, oh, oh, okay, I'm paying attention, I'm looking, I'm listening, you know. And I guess you could interpret it that way, but I kind of take it in the sense, you know, when the kyber that is not kyber shines forth, 
the time of prophecy will be at hand. I I think that Kyber is not really Kyber in this instant, but more how we understand Kyber, because like you know, the heart of the blade, it is the source of power, and in in a way, it's a weapon for the Jedi. So it's like yeah. it's this idea of like when something that should be used in a good way but is not actually what you think it is, shines forth, the time of prophecy will be at hand. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. I can't put it in yeah. fancy words. Yeah, we're spitballing here. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, and I can't, and it's because, that's why I can't put it in, like, fancy words. I, I But yeah. it's this idea, like... Use the word fiduciary. That's a fancy one. I don't even know what that word means. It's, it's you know, it's like you're looking for a treasure to know when it is a certain time. Yeah. But instead of getting the treasure, you got something that looks like the treasure. Instead of getting gold, you got fool's gold kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yes, there's gold and then there are hills. <laughs> um, so that's the only way I can think is... I, I'm imagining it's, it's referring to, oh, you thought you found this, but really it's not that. And thus that leads to... Yes. And it just says the time of prophecy. It, you know, the chosen one prophecy, other prophecies, what what time of prophecy, you know, like a time of all prophecies? Mhm. I don't know. So it's 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 an interesting one. That's the weirdest one, I think. Um so that's a good one for you guys to let us know what you think. When the Kyber that is not Kyber shines forth, the time of prophecy will be at hand. What do you think it means? Um we're going to move on to the next one, though, and I thought this one was, was a little bit more straightforward. It's very good. I like it. One will ascend to the highest of the Jedi, despite the foreboding of those who would serve with him. That's, that's Anakin, I guess. I interpreted it as that, yeah. Yeah. Like, he... Sit down, young Skywalker style. Just like, he was in the... He was there. They yeah. didn't want him there. Exactly. They didn't even grant him the rank of Master. Yeah. Um... No, I mean, but we think it's Anakin because we, who else could it be? Yeah. You know, um, it, and like you said, it could be a story we don't know yet, but definitely when, when you enter, like, who would, who would be a great Jedi that other Jedi wouldn't want to be a great Jedi? You can't really think of anyone other yeah. than Anakin because everyone's, everyone surrounding him always had doubts and concerns and everything. Yeah. I mean, the only other person I could think of that nobody liked was... Qui-Gon. And I was gonna I was gonna say some people actually thought Qui-Gon was who this referred to. Yeah. Um I don't think so just because I don't think Qui-Gon was anywhere near the highest of the Jedi. No. You know, I, I think you would have to at least get a seat on the council to be considered highest of the Jedi. I mean, if we're thinking of, you know I mean he was offered a seat but he didn't take it. Yeah. Unless they're thinking of highest of the Jedi in terms oh, of one with the force. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, interesting. He did become, you know. Well, yeah, was. and and they were very like uh, that weird Qui Gon studying his books and talking about priestesses and all this other stuff. Like well, I don't know about all that. And then, Force Ghost. Yeah, who's <laughs> who's the one to obtain immortality? Interesting. Yeah. I, see, okay, so that I get with a little bit more. Like with that line of logic, I get with a little bit more of it maybe being Qui Gon. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, the next one we have. This one. Another got me one could be interesting. He who learns to conquer death 
will through his greatest student live again. My mind immediately goes... I like that we went two different directions yes. on this one. I yes, like, we did. I like when that happens. And we literally went... We split off into factions. <laughs> this one. My mind immediately went to Plagueis. Darth Plagueis the Wise. Have you ever heard the tragedy? Yes, I have. So many times, actually. So many times. But, like... There's that whole scene in the Plagueis book mm -hmm. where he and Palpatine are talking about, you know, conquering death. Yeah, and creating and life creating and all life. this other like, stuff. And then, you know, boom, on the ground, dead. Mm -hmm. And then, miles away, Anakin. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll get there. I... But, like, you know, it's incredibly cool to think, like... This whole thing was set in motion because of the death of Plagueis. Could be interpreted that Could way. Could be interpreted yeah. that way. Oh. That, that book's not canon anymore, but well, still, that's like, that have, informs most of my, We have to put that... Like, no, and, yeah. and having headcanon is perfectly fine and acceptable. We have ours. Yeah. I'm just, I just... I like to put that disclaimer out there, so... For people, in yeah. terms of, like... We know it's not canon. You know, you, you can interpret it as that being the... Yes. Um, this is how I personally Genesis. interpret... The beginning of the Star Wars saga, and and, uh, and I think there's a lot of merit to that, and and that's what's interesting about these prophecies. And again, mm -hmm. that's why I say there's Jedi whose entire job it is to think about these, and yes. it is difficult because it's, possibilities. Yeah, I think of it as the you know the law of equal exchange. Mm -hmm. You know, Plagueis had to die so that Palpatine would have the power to create Anakin. That's my head cannon. Yeah, boom, there you go. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like with this one, I went more with Qui Gon. Yeah. I thought this was more of a pro uh, a prophecy towards Qui-Gon. You can really tell where our allegiance is. <laughs> um, just because, you know, he learned to conquer death. Mm -hmm. And arguably his greatest student was Obi-Wan. And arguably. he l continued to live on and teach Obi-Wan even past death. And taught Obi-Wan how to live again and everything. Yeah. Um, it could be Palpatine. Could be Palpatine. You know. He arguably learned to conquer death, maybe, and his greatest student, arguably Anakin, in some way could have a part in leading to mm -hmm. Palpatine living again. Like, Or it could just be super generalized and just say, hey, if you're a really good teacher, you're going to live on in your student because they're going to pass on what you've learned. Would you freak <laughs> out more if at the end of Rise of Skywalker trailer, instead of a Palpatine laugh, we got Darth Vader breathing ooh um cause I just thought I think I think definitely I'm more accepting of Palpatine yeah yeah I don't I, it's if not, they did you know, Vader I mean because that would yeah. undo a lot of redemption in, in a, a, yes whereas with Palpatine he died evil he yeah. was gonna live evil all that other stuff so the only thing missing from the trailer was Anakin's forced ghost taking off his shoe and hitting Ben over the head with it right that's what we need to see exactly that's the actual content go apologize um, to my daughter but yeah, I mean, it could be, like, it could just be, like, I mean, it's the, you know, the idea of we are what they grow beyond. It's, like, when you pass on good mm -hmm. knowledge and wisdom to a student, technically, you're living on in what they know and in what they now teach to others. So it's, it could just mean, like, hey, you were a good teacher and you're going to live on in memory mm -hmm. of your greatest student. Yeah. Or it could be as literal as, like, immortality and all this stuff but you know it's just it, you know you gotta you gotta power. you gotta cover both sides like yes. we, we uh, you know gotta, gotta gotta play both sides of the field because again we don't know yeah. but it, it is interesting to think about 
So um, that's another one we really want to hear your thoughts on in terms of, do you think of Qui-Gon? Do you think of Palpatine? Do you think of Plagueis? Or do you think it really doesn't talk about anyone specific? Like, mm -hmm. when you think of those who have learned to conquer death and live on through their greatest student, yeah. who pops in your head? Let us know. Um, last one before we get to the big one. And this one, I think, is another straightforward one and one that I feel like should have just been plastered everywhere in the Jedi Temple. When the righteous lose light, evil once dead shall return. Yes. I mean... That's pretty obvious. The the Jedi lost... They got a little self-righteous. Yep. And therefore, the Sith, you know, they couldn't, the Sith couldn't have returned without our... Like, yeah. All of all of this prideful, selfish sin mm -hmm. clouds their judgment, and then the Sith are able to return in full regalia. Exactly. Like I love to make the parallel of you know Yoda saying, "You do not believe. That is why you fail." The paraphrasing. I think. I think. And he, that's I why think he, he failed. Yeah, I think he knows he that believe. from experience. Exactly. Like, why did the Jedi fail? Because, and yeah. and again, and this is a really, 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 really big part. Of Dooku Jedi Lost. Yes. And this is one that I I just absolutely love because it shows the failings of the Jedi. Yes. And, you know, and we talked about, like, I, you know, we don't want to always sound like we're picking on the Jedi and that all the Jedi are yeah. bad. The, the concept of the Jedi are good. And there's actually good, upright Jedi in the mm -hmm. Order. But overall, we can't ignore that, you know, much like Luke's monologue in The Last Jedi, because of the Jedi hubris, you know, they... They're the greatest Jedi rose up to destroy them and allow Darth Sidious to take power. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah, Anakin chose to do something. Yeah, Palpatine is actually bad. But the Jedi, in a lot of ways, because of ignorance and looking the other way, allowed this crap. Exactly. And we so, see that all over the Clone Wars. We see that all over the films. Yeah. Now, here's... At the end of the day, I still agree that what the Jedi believe is good. I still yes. agree that the Jedi are the good guys. Us... Pointing out the faults of the Jedi isn't to pick on them or, like, don't think we're anti-Jedi or anything. That's the yeah, last thing I want absolutely people... absolutely You know, and it's just, when you look at these wider lenses of the story, you would be remiss to ignore Jedi failings, yes. is all we're saying. And I think here, you know, and that's what's so powerful about the line Palpatine has in, Return of, in Revenge of the Sith. You know, all who achieve power are afraid to lose it, even the Jedi. Exactly. And that's that's what I think is where this this prophecy comes in hand is the Jedi got to a point of unhealthy compromise. Mm -hmm. They got to a point where they lost their morals and values, and because of it, evil once dead returned. Yep. And I I mean it's almost like this self balancing act. It's almost like the Force just saying, oh, you lost the light? Well, now you're going to be consumed by dark. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't know enough about the Force to say whether or not it's amoral or whatnot, but, I mean, we talked before about the idea of, like, I think the Force always... And, and when we talk about Dooku Jedi Lost, I'm going to talk about this more, but maybe the Force's plan all along was for what happened to happen. Exactly. Maybe the Force balancing itself out did uh, allow Anakin to rise up and destroy the Jedi. Like, mm -hmm. it sounds bad because it's like, oh, but innocence dead, yeah. order destroyed, chaos, but... Yeah, and we're going to talk about it. I'm going to go into it more when we talk about the Chosen One prophecy. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, especially yeah. especially legends. Like yes. here's you know we're gonna be very careful to say, hey, big banner. This is legends. This isn't canon. That, mm-hmm. But there's a lot to unpack with how the yes. legends treated the chosen one prophecy and balance and all this other stuff. So, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of got on a soapbox there. My main <laughs> point. <laughs> my my main point. He isn't much needed. So we're not anti Jedi. But we're not also going to ignore... I mean, here's the thing. Star Wars is actively coming out with stories that point out the problems of the Jedi. So it's kind of hard for us to um, not talk about that. Yeah, I just like looked at the notes and read one that I'm very confused about. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So, um, <laughs> any anything else you want to add on that one? Like I said, I kind of took over. I'm sorry. You're fine. Yeah, I think, I mean... Pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, we could talk for hours. No. And we did. <laughs> no, I mean, again, we could take it specific. It could mean the Jedi. You know, it just says when the righteous mm-hmm. lose life. Yes. Evil once dead will return. Yes. It could apply to anything. Demons run when a good man goes to war. He, That's not the same thing, <laughs> but like, it's got the it's same a good kind quote, of cadence. But what? Yeah, it's, it's just... It's, it, it's just it's very straightforward. It's an idea you that you can fit on. It's a glove yeah. you can fit on any hand, almost. <laughs> and and the reason I say that because I, I sorry before recording I made the note. What about Luke in the First Order? Because ah. again, like this doesn't mention the Jedi. It doesn't mention the Sith. It just mentions light and evil. Yeah. I think in any way we can regard it, just like the first one where it's like. If you're born in darkness and don't do anything about it, you're going to give birth to more darkness. Mm-hmm. If you lose the light, you're going to resurrect some evil things, kind of thing. Like, it could be personal, it could be general, it could be, you know, institutional. It could apply to Jedi, Sith, and all this other stuff. It's really, really, really interesting. So, those are uh, the minor ones. Those are the other prophecies introduced. And again, that's what's interesting because I didn't expect to get that in the book. Uh, I didn't expect to get anything about the Chosen One in this, but yet we did. And so... Some of it's very, like, straightforward and, you know, rare. The, the Chosen some One's going to be some unpacking. It's going to be a lot of unpacking. So, we're, like I said, we're, we're going to talk about... the And this, this book has given us the most we understand in canon about yes. the Chosen One prophecy. Legends gave us a lot as well, and so we're going to talk about what we know from canon from Master and Apprentice first, and then we'll transition, okay, how does that stack up against Legends, Chosen One, Prophecy, and whatnot? Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very interesting, because this is one of my favorite aspects of Legends, uh, for sure. So, But before we get there, so, from Master and Apprentice, in canon, Prophecy of the Chosen One. Yes. Only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the Order cleanse the sin done to the Nameless. The danger of the past is not the past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy entire. When the force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. A chosen one shall come, born of no father, and through him will unite. Uh, will ultimately balance in the force be restored. Sounds like they're making an omelette. <laughs> a, a chosen one omelet. <laughs> oh, if that's not in the Galaxy's Edge cookbook. Baby, you got a <laughs> Um 
So the best thing I think to do is take this line by line. Yes, please, because this is incredibly confusing. So the first is I think the most specific, the the most understand the first and last lines. I think are the easily understandable and interpretable. Only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the Order cleanse the sin done to the Nameless. No. I don't think that's the Order of the Jedi specifically. I think it's the Order of the Force. Personally. Uh, okay. No, no, no I'm, I'm sorry. That sounded very dismissive. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I'm a woman that, on the internet, honey. <laughs> I, I'm used to it. That... That's a way to take it. I yeah. I don't... I didn't read it that way. I, I do think of it as the Jedi. And that, and that goes back to my point in terms yeah. of you know, um, the, the force kind of allowing this great catastrophe exactly for order to ultimately be restored. Because now, the in, so the, the first part of that, only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the order cleanse. Let's just stop there for a second. Order 66. 66. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's why I say it. According to prophecy, it sounds like it told us Jedi were going to die. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they did. Now, the interesting thing is the last part of that line where it says, cleanse the sin done to the nameless. Yes. Who's the nameless? Who do, you, who do you think? Maybe, like, the great hordes of people who died during the Clone Wars. Maybe, like, or any other wars that the Jedi have participated Ooh. in. So, so the casualties of war from the Jedi's yes. self-righteousness. Yes, Ooh. exactly. Like, you could see, you could say that the Force was aware of the great conflict of this is not what the Jedi are meant to be doing. And they are not to meant to be, you know, well, killing in my name. Well, yeah, and you, well, you've got the ambassadors of peace that seem to choose where they apply peace. Because, exactly. you know, even in the book, Qui-Gon's struggling with the idea of, wait, we know there's slavery going on and we're not doing anything? Exactly. And, and it's this idea of, well, we could do that, but then who would work in the company and do this thing? Mm-hmm. That's not that's not the Jedi's problem. That's a political problem. The Jedi's problem is that people are enslaved, and exactly. we know that, and we're not doing any what. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good way to take it. I like that. I think I think that's a good way to put that. I'm not going to add anything to it. Thank you. Um, so on to the next line, though, is what again the first line and the last line. I think are going to be the easiest ones. It's these two middle ones. Yeah. So here's the thing: the danger of the past is not past um I guess the Sith maybe well cause you there at first when I read this I took it as the danger of the past is not the past mm-hmm. but it's the danger of the past is not past meaning so yeah. originally my idea was oh it could be you know has not passed right so originally I thought oh so the past isn't the problem. Like, yes. the danger of the past is not the past. It's but what people believe has come to pass. Right, yeah. So it, it's, again, it it's kind of... Lends my brain it, hurts. <laughs> well, it kind of goes to the other one in terms of the, you know, the evil once dead will return. It's the idea, like, the evil, the, the problem of, the danger of the past is not gone. What if when uh, Poe and Ray and Finn get to what people think is the Death Star wreckage. Just like Palpatine sitting egg. in a little eggshell and he's just like, hey, 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 do it. Um, didn't you read the prophecy? Um, <laughs> this is my egg. I many like it, but this one is It was for who he would be here. I can't get out with this one. Um, but yeah, when you go to the next line, 
that's what that's where it was just it makes more sense when it's like the evil of the the danger of the past has not passed but sleeps in an egg I don't think we're talking about a literal egg. Okay, here. that's where I was going to go. I was wondering. I was I, wondering who was going to say it first. Are, Do you talk first or I do it? Do I talk first? <laughs> eggs are incredibly thin membranes surrounding a yolk. Mm-hmm. By a semi-hard shell that can crack very easily under pressure. The Republic. I don't know. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I'm just pressure. <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah, again, it's not literal. I think it's a matter of it's lying in wait. Yes. Waiting to be birthed again. Waiting for, waiting, exactly. you know, waiting to return. Because it said, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks. It uses its beak to push out of the egg. <laughs> right. You know, everybody knows Palpatine for his beak. Um, <laughs> and it's beautiful it sleep, anime sleeps eyes. in an egg. When the egg cracks, it'll threaten the entire galaxy. So I think yeah. it's, it'll lie in dormant. And when yes. it awakens, it will threaten the entire galaxy. Yes. Um, so I think, I think there's a prophecy of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Or it's referring to the Sith. Yes. Uh, it's referring to a time when, you know, okay, so many Jedi are going to be lost in order to cleanse the sin of the nameless. Mm-hmm. And in that time, it's because they thought the danger was gone, but in fact was dormant and returned. Yes. And so then we go to the next one. I think this is the more difficult one. When the Force itself sickens, that's not hard. That's, yeah. I think, the time of the Empire. I think that's the time of great darkness. But then, past and future must split and combine. What? I don't... <sighs> Can we get, like, a philosophy major on the show? Past and future must split and combine. I just can't think of what exactly that would represent. What would the past represent? What would the future represent? And what would it mean to split and combine? Well, going back to the egg theory. <laughs> you know, you got the yolk and you got the white. You know, you, you can split them up, but also if you mix them together, you got scrambled eggs. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Well, I mean, the only thing I've heard that makes any sense is past is Anakin and future is his children and they're separated but then they're returned and ultimately that's what does you know he's redeemed through his son yes but I don't know it's it's one of those it's such a symbolic line of dialogue that it's it could go I think any direction that's the only thing that makes sense to me though yeah but I mean could because the main thing is, past and future doesn't mean too much to me. It's the split and combine. Like, separate and then come back together. I don't under I can't I don't know. picture what that is. Can we just go ahead and get some Project Luminous up in here? And just like, <laughs> understand this bullhorn? I don't think that's going to teach us anything. Uh, I think it's going to be a great I story. I just want to know what it is. Yeah. Um. So, but then we get to the, again, easy part, I think. Yeah. A chosen one shall come, born of no father... And through him will ultimate balance in the force be restored. Yes. We're, I'm going to absolute pick apart a single word in that. Oh, okay. No, but let's just, let's do what we, yeah. Okay, so a chosen one will come. All yes. right. Someone will come. Here's, here's the line I bolded and underlined for yes. this part. 
born of no father. Exactly. I I feel like this is a very strong canon stance. The chosen one is and always has been Anakin. Yes. And and here's the thing, I'm not throwing that at people. And that, that did not change when he fell to the, right. to the dark side. Which is something that George Lucas established is his belief system is yes. he doesn't stop being chosen because he, he chose to be evil. Mm-hmm. He had to choose to be chosen again. And so, but, and I'm not trying to throw that in the face of anybody that's like, that believes Luke to be the hero in Return of the Jedi yeah. or believes Rey in a way to be a chosen one either. I think that there's different ideas of a chosen one. Yes. I think there's a prophesied chosen one being Anakin, but I also think clearly the Force chooses anyone. Yeah. It chooses vessels for a time. You know, I mean, you know, there's the whole story of, you know, Esther in the Bible where it's like, you know, her uncle says, you've been chosen for such a time as this. Yeah. You, this is the moment you've been called for. And I think the moment of redeeming his father is the moment Luke was called for. I think yeah. restoring balance is now on the shoulders of Ray. Exactly. For her time her, for her period of time. But and, I think the yeah. the greater chosen one and I I don't mean greater in the better than. I mean greater in the bigger yeah. ethereal sense. He's the kid at the top of the hill on a snowbank that pushes the snowball down. So it it rolls and it collects more. and kills all the Jedi. <laughs> but well, but well, so my point, Two birds, one my, stone. my point being, like, Luke can be the chosen one. Exactly. Ray can be the chosen one. Exactly. But ultimately, when we look at the prophecy of the chosen one, the only one that accomplished a lot of what it said, you know, sacrifice of many Jedi, you know, returning evil, all this mm-hmm. other stuff, it's Anakin. Yep. Although, although Luke and Ray, I believe, are a fulcrum. Yes. In their point in time, ultimately the catalyst in the entire story is Anakin. Yes. The beginning of the end of the Jedi starts with Anakin. The end of the great darkness of the Empire it ends Anakin. with Anakin. And so I think in the bigger sense, he is the chosen one. Yeah. And Luke is still a chosen one, and Rey is still a chosen one. And, you exactly. Know. And that's, that's the word that I want to absolutely just deconstruct is through him, ultimate balance will be restored, not by him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, That's it, the whole thing. That's the Skywalker saga as a whole. Right. Well, and I think there's this idea of... It doesn't necessarily... It's not an action of his. Exactly. It's through... It, it's this journey. It's this... It's almost like he's merely a filter for the action yeah. of the Force. And that's what I mean by, you know, he's the kid at the top of the snowbank pushing down the snowball. Is It's a snowball effect. As you go, it collects more and more. Like he, He's Luke, just there to, yeah. to push it. Okay. Luke influenced his son. Er, no. Anakin influenced Luke, who influences Rey. Mm-hmm. You could also say Anakin influenced Ahsoka, yeah. well, who influenced and- others. Well, and that's a big part of Master and Apprentice is as much as it's about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, it's also about Dooku and Qui-Gon. It's also yep. about Yoda and Dooku. It's also about Dooku and Rail. It's this continuation. It's this domino yeah. effect of how when we lead others, it leads them to lead others. Exactly. And, and, and so forth and so on. My favorite line in Hamilton 
is, you know, legacy, what is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. Mm-hmm. Le- the legacy of Anakin Skywalker trickles down into Ben Solo mm-hmm. and Rey. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Boom. It, there it is. And and that's where that's where Ray and Ben are is they're in the. They're struggling to find balance. Well, they're they're in the. Um, after effects, of what Anakin did. Yes. You know where they find themselves is. Only. There because of Anakin's actions and whatnot as the chosen one. I think you know what I mean. Not to say that all life existing at that point yeah. owes itself to Anakin, but it's this idea of they're where they are. It's it's like, you know, you're you're on the coattails of someone else. They're on the coattails of Anakin, in a sense. Yeah. Because of what Anakin did and what Anakin began as the Chosen One in this act, that's bled down, that's led to the sequel trilogy and what's going exactly. on now. Um Now, the thing I thought you were gonna latch on to is what I latched on to though. But I do agree. I like I like I didn't catch the idea of, you know, through, the, the, that kind of yes. action word there. But um, what I latched on to, after just saying I'm not going to pick on the Jedi, but Ultimate. it was said that you would destroy the Sith, not, not join, join them. them. Um, actually, Obi-Wan, it actually. said balance in the Force will be restored. It said, through him, ultimate balance in the Force will be restored. It never Balance said anything about destruction. Restor- it never mentions the Sith. Guess what? The only order and institution that it mentions, the Jedi. Exactly. Now, it, oh, it, you know, we, we just said, it might hint at the Sith. It talks about, you know, the danger of the past. It talks about uh, threatening the galaxy. And that we, can, we can't interpret that as the Sith. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the only thing the prophecy specifically mentions... Is, is the, the Jedi. Jedi. And the sins that they committed against the Force. Exactly. So, it it's really, really yeah. interesting because yeah. it doesn't mention the Sith, but their idea is, you know, balance in the Force is by the destruction and death of the Sith. It, and you can even say, like, the danger of the past could be the Sith-Jedi War. Mm-hmm. The same war that broke apart, you know, the Jedi Order. Yeah, it's different. not. It's not gone. It's still going on. Exactly. It's just dormant. It's 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 much more hidden. Yeah, go on with what you're saying. Sorry. No, I mean that was just it. It's just this. Now that's not to say that they're wrong for thinking that the Seth the Sith need to go away or end. Seth Green, yes. <laughs> um, you know we're gonna talk about that when we talk about legends more, but it's this idea that if you're so focused on destroying the bad that you can't uphold the good, you then in turn lead yourself to be bad. Does that make sense? You're not seeing the forest through the trees. Right. Well, I mean, I talked in Monday Motivations on it where it's like if you're so focused on attacking what other people are doing wrong, you're going to find yourself more easily doing wrong things because you're not working on yourself to do what is right. It's this idea of combat what's wrong by doing what's right. Exactly. Not by going after and attacking and battling and destroying what's wrong. It, it, it make, it's this yeah. idea of, hey, let's go kill all the criminals. Doesn't that in turn make you criminals by doing that? They're, if you murder a murderer, you're the still a murderer. Stays it, the same. Exactly. So, no, I mean, so kill two. These are big moral conversations, and and uh, you know, there's no way I can 
really distill it all in, the, in this, but my main point is that the Jedi had gotten off track to thinking that the whole thing of the Chosen One and the Jedi yeah. Order was destroy the Sith, when in fact yes. it's all about balance in the Force. Exactly. Their idea of order and balance was light will prevail. You know, we're the good guys, shouldn't we be on top? Right, and, and in a way, that's not arguable, but yeah. it also is a form of pride and vanity and hubris, in Luke's exactly. words. And so that, it's, it, it's this misappropriation of priorities. Yeah. At the end of the day, the prophecy of the Chosen One is about balance in the Force. So before we go on to Legends, I'll just read the whole thing one more time so we get the canon thing. Yes. Uh, and then we'll start unpacking the Legends thing, because there's a whole lot more. And we're already almost at an hour. Yeah, it's going to be a long episode, but... Get over it. Deal with it. <laughs> so, only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the Order cleanse the sin done to the Nameless. The danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it'll threaten the galaxy entire. When the Force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. A chosen one shall come, born of no father, and through him will ultimate balance and the Force be restored. So we're going to try and not drag it out, make it super, super, super long of an episode, but again, yeah. we wanted to balance out what we know now in canon with what we learned about in Legends, just because there's more in Legends. Mm -hmm. um, and, and while it's not considered part of the linear Star Wars story, I think, as with all things, understanding the perimeter and, and whatnot can still help us understand the core. Yeah. And so I think through interpreting legends, it can give us ideas and thoughts about how we can understand what is canon and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. So George Lucas himself confirmed in an interview that Anakin, even after becoming Darth Vader, was still officially the Chosen One, not Luke. And despite there being a lot of battle amongst the fans over that, you know, the idea, like, at the end of the day, I guess what you could say is balance was restored one way or another. Yeah. So, just let's be happy about that. However but, brief. But I think definitely in the canon prophecy that we see, and in the mind of the creator, it was always meant to be that Anakin was the one. Darth Vader was the one. Even before maybe the prophecy of the Chosen One existed, yeah. George still thought that the, re the redemption of Anakin led Anakin to the action of bringing balance to the Force, and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, George Lucas said, Anakin's offspring redeemed him, and that allowed him to fulfill the prophecy where he brings balance to the Force by doing away with the Sith and getting rid of evil in the universe. So... And that's something we're going to keep coming to, because from George's perspective, you know, and, and I don't share George's perspective and say, oh, that's the law now. Yeah. It's just, he did come up with Star Wars, so it, it is important to take into consideration, what did he thunk, you know? And we're going to keep coming back to, his idea of balance does center a lot around the destruction of the Sith. Yeah. Um, which we just kind of talked and unpacked is a very narrow way of, I think, looking at balance. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, and there's been um, quite a lot of uh, material that addresses the idea of Anakin being the um, being the Chosen One, doing away with the Sith, and getting rid of evil and everything. What's interesting is, in the Revenge of the Sith novelization, the best film novelization, I think, of any Star Wars, just putting that out there, one, it, one of my favorites, um, this particular one is not canon, again, but... Um, it's a really interesting line. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know anything, you know, novelizations do add yeah. lines. They do 
say things a little bit differently. It's a little bit of a different medium. Um, so this line doesn't appear in the movie, but it's a very good one, and it comes from Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan said, I've scanned this prophecy. It says only that a chosen one will be born and bring balance to the Force. Nowhere does it say it has to be a Jedi. Ooh. It's even more interesting from whom this Exactly. Exactly. The epitome of a Jedi, arguably. Yeah. Saying that, you know, the Chosen One might not need to be a Jedi. Have you thought about that? That is interesting, because, I mean, even in the canon one, the only time the Jedi are mentioned is to do away with the Jedi, the sacrifice of Jedi. So it's kind of interesting, that connection of, well, yeah, it does just say a Chosen One. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a little bit of vanity there to assume it has to be a Jedi. Yeah. And I think that fits with what we understand in canon about some of the problems the Jedi faced is thinking they're the light of the galaxy. At the end of the day, like, you get Luke in the original trilogy saying over and over again, I am a Jedi, I am a Jedi, I am a Jedi, like my father before me. And then by the time we get to the sequel trilogy. I'm not, like, I don't have a coherent thought. I'm talking as it comes to my brain. So if it's... That's the only way to do it, Don. If it's poopy bad, just mm, deal with it. Um, by the time we get to the sequel trilogy, he knows what that word means and what the intonation of that word is. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't use it very much. Yeah, and I get that. And then, is Rey a Jedi in the traditional sense. Absolutely not. No, yeah. And I think that's what we're meant to walk away from with The Last Jedi, yeah. Because at the end, you know, yeah. he says it's time for the Jedi to end, but then in the end he says, I will not be the last Jedi. Now, here's here's my thing. There's two times in film that we see. I mean, obviously, he. there's a lot more conversation of Luke. We don't have filled in gaps yeah. and whatnot. But what I'll say, in film, the two times that Je I think that Luke uses the word Jedi appropriately yes, are when he says, I am a Jedi like my father before me in Return of the Jedi. Yes. And when he says at the end of The Last Jedi, I will not be, I will not be the last Jedi. I think yes. Jedi in those two scenes and moments is the yes. truest sense of a light side balanced user. And he, like many sense. other... Yes, absolutely. He, like many other people in the galaxy, had an upheld stance of the Jedi are, you know, the epitome of the light side. They are, you know, magical, force, luminous beings. Mm -hmm. Well, and arguably that's why he fell so hard with the sequel trilogy in terms yeah. of, like, I was a Jedi. You know, I mean, yeah. oh my gosh, the lamenting of Luke in The Last Jedi is just so heartbreaking. Because, you know, yeah. it's this idea, you know... I, was, I failed because I was Luke Skywalker. You know, it, you, use, you use that in the, the sense of like, you know, oh, you destroyed the jet, you destroyed the uh, Death Star because you're Luke Skywalker. You took down an AT-AT because you're Luke Skywalker. You redeemed Darth Vader because you were Luke Skywalker. And I got my students killed. Mm -hmm. I got Han killed. Mm -hmm. I led to the rebirth of evil because I was Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Because I was a Jedi. And, and so... There's definitely, I think, the negative connotation of the Jedi and what they represent comes from a misunderstanding of what Jedi are meant to be. And I think the Jedi themselves had get, gotten to a point of misunderstanding what they were meant to be. Exactly. Um, and so what I say, like, the truest sense of a Jedi is in those two moments is because in that moment, Luke refuses to be a murderer. Luke refuses to kill his father because of his past sins. Mm -hmm. Just like... 
at the end of that movie, he refuses to kill Kylo. He refuses to face Kylo in that sense. At the end of the day, he does nothing in The Last Jedi offensively. Yeah. He only plays defense. The only offense is coming from Ben. Exactly. And so, in that moment, he's like, I'm not going to be The Last Jedi. I'm not going to be the last one to choose light. I'm not going to be the last one to find out that there's two sides of every person, and at the end of the day, the light will always win. Yes. And that's, I think, the journey of a Jedi and what it's supposed to be. And And we get that great parallel of, like, if you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you will ever know. Mm -hmm. And then Luke just says to Ben, see you around, kid. Yeah, I'll always be with you. Strike me down, it's not going to make me go away. Just like your dad didn't go away because you killed him. Exactly. The light, the pull to the light that he suffered from didn't go away because he killed his father. Exactly. Even Snoke says it shook you to the core. Exactly. So here, this is becoming a sequel this is trilogy becoming the episode. Sequel podcast. I'm cool. The, with I it. think the point that we were going for in the rambling is still true in the sense of it goes back to the hubris that Luke harps on in terms of you know Obi Wan's pointing out like it's kind of vain of us, isn't it, to think that the chosen one has to be a Jedi because. Really, you know, there's the Force, which is the religion, and then you have the Jedi, which is the institution, and we believe that the institution is so great that for the religion to achieve perfection, let's say, it has to come from the institution. It's It's like saying that God needs the church to do something in order for God to do God's thing, kind of. It's incredibly selfish to think that. Yeah, it's like... It's like, you know, we're the hands and feet of God. But, he, wait, that doesn't... Bro, he don't need hands and feet. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, the it, I, I think there's a beautiful moment of thought in there. Yes. And that's why I do love... And, and, and that's one of many moments where the Revenge of the Sith novel really gets you thinking about stuff. Yeah. And, and so that's one of those moments where it's like, huh, what if... Okay, now, this is going to be an inflammatory statement. Oh. <laughs> and then we'll move on, because that's how you treat inflammatory um, statements. Get the Preparation H. What if the reason Anakin failed as the Chosen One is because they made him a Jedi? What if he was Anakin. never meant to be a Jedi, and what mm. started him on the path of accepting evil? Now, here's the thing. I know we just said, and I think we have agreeably believed that Anakin was doing the will of the Force in terms of the destruction of the Jedi. Yeah. I think the prophecy even talks about that was going to happen all along, dude. Yeah. But it's this interesting thing to sit on in terms of did making him a Jedi, did becoming a Jedi, did living as a Jedi actually hurt him more than help him? I believe so. I think so. Absolutely. I mean... It's, it's this idea of, hey you are supposed to be a superhero. Let's make you a cop so you can do hero things. And then it's like, but now, and, and okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pause on all that because we're going to come back to that in a huge way, uh, from uh, later. So, but my whole point being, I think the idea that the, it, it's just that hubris of the Jedi, like the light belongs to us and balance is only achievable through us and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, um, yeah, so let's come back to, like I mentioned earlier, George Lucas seems to have a lot of thoughts about what balance is. And yes. and I wanted to talk about that specifically because of those stance that we have in terms of 
you know, again, destroying the Sith is a narrow way to look at it. Mm -hmm. um, so, George, in an interview with Bill Moyers, um, said, One of the themes throughout the films is that the Sith Lords, when they started out thousands of years ago, embraced the dark side. They were greedy and self-centered, and they all wanted to take over, so they killed each other. There could never be any more than two of them, because if there were, they would try to get rid of the leader, which is exactly what Vader was trying to do, and that's exactly what the Emperor was trying to do. The Emperor was trying to get rid of Vader, and Vader was trying to get rid of the Emperor, and that's the antithesis of a symbiotic relationship in which if you do that, you become a cancer, and you eventually kill the host and everything dies. So, his understanding and belief when writing for the Sith is just that they're an inevitable end. You know, yeah. like, they're a self-consuming evil, basically. Yeah. So, they are already on the path to constantly destroying themselves. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, Luke didn't do much in, you know, Return of the Jedi. He just sort of got shocked. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's the extent of what he did to redeem his father. <laughs> Uh, pain. Well, he did more, but no, like I, I get what you're saying. In terms, like, yeah, he he was he was yeah. a catalyst to a choice that exactly. Vader had to make. But ultimately, but, I mean, if he wasn't there, that choice would not have been made. I mean, it would have been eventually. Well, but. I mean, the, the 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 point is, without Luke, it wouldn't have been a choice of redemption. It would have been a choice of continued evil. Vader would have just yeah. killed the Emperor to kill the Emperor and take over. And or the Emperor would have killed Vader. It would you're right. It would have just he was looking again to replace him. A self-consuming evil. Yeah. So with that in mind. Uh, elsewhere in the same interview, he suggested that it was necessary to have balance between the dark side and the light side. And this is going to contradict another statement that he has later, though. So, in the same interview, it says, The film is ultimately about the dark side and the light side, and those two sides are designed around compassion and greed. And we all have those two sides in us. And that if we make sure that those two sides in us are in balance. Mm -hmm. So... In that interview where he talks about, you know, the, the Sith are evil, they're self-consuming evil, um, they're self-centered, we all have selfish and selflessness in us. Mm -hmm. And the idea of individual balance is the big theme he was going for. But then, he kind of talks a bit later, um, so in a filmed meeting with the writers of The Clone Wars, I have to think this had something to do with maybe Mortis. Um, he suggested that while people must keep the selfish and selfless in balance, falling to the dark side meant becoming out of balance and letting selfishness take over. Uh, you got the dark side, light side, and one is selfish, one is selfless, and you want to keep them in balance. What happens when you go to the dark side is that go it goes out of balance and you get really selfish and you forget about everybody because when you get selfish, you get stuff, or you want stuff, and when you want stuff and you get stuff, uh, you're afraid of somebody coming to take away your stuff from you. Once you become afraid that somebody's going to take it away from you and that you're going to lose it, then you start to become angry, especially if you are losing it. And that anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. And suffering leads to the dark side. Right. And so he talks a lot in terms of, like, it seems to be just about imbalance. You're evil because you're imbalanced. Yes. Um, but George also talks about how ultimately, like, the Sith do have to go away. They have to be, the evil has to be removed. So it, 
it's kind of a contradiction. It's also kind of something difficult to wrap your mind around of like, okay, is it evil that has to be balanced or is it evil that has to be destroyed? And I think that's the pitfall the Jedi fall into and that's why I think it's easy to fall into because where's the line between balance and destruction of evil? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, because you could look at it like a scale and that the dark side is just a negative weight mm -hmm. and you have to balance the negative weight with a positive weight but at the same time, you could also just get rid of the bad weight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get you. So, I guess it's, it. I guess I get why they would think we had to destroy the evil. Yeah. Because I also get why they wouldn't think. What? Well, have you just tried talking to the Sith? <laughs> <laughs> have you tried giving them a free car wash coupon? <laughs> what they're gonna do with that? Um, now. Arguably, if Luke hadn't just gone to talk to Vader, yeah. he wouldn't have had redemption. But I think Vader is on a different plane of evil than the Sith and Palpatine and such, you know what I mean? Yeah, now that I think of it, there's a lot of people who just sneak onto secret bases in these movies and just sort of <laughs> try and talk to people. Yes. <laughs> just like Ray's does like... does happen. Now Kylo. I mean, now Ben. All right. Elevator scene. Right, like, I mean, it's, Let's yeah, that whole here. thing of, like, I'm just gonna land my little coffin in here, and it's just gonna be, why was that not shot down? Right. Why, why, <laughs> It's an old code, but it checks out. Right, it's, it's like, oh, no, there's a person in there. Okay. Because mm -hmm. um, Ben probably sensed that it was uh, a Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, or, yeah, something happened, I, I know, but it's yeah. still, it was, it, initially I was just like, wait, so she's just gonna just float in a coffin? straight in the hangar bay like okay <laughs> whatever like, it's like the, it's like when you get a really really weird package at UPS and you're just like <laughs> this seems appropriate this is a ray <laughs> this is a body shaped box but uh, let's send it through um wonder, yeah I, has anyone tried to mail a human body through uh, I'm think I'm pretty sure I saw a thing where somebody mailed themselves I, I don't know I feel like I feel like there's things now that would prevent that from happening Google um yeah, I think I think Vader's redeemable because again he's on a different level than I think typical Sith and Palpatine and everything. He I think that yeah, going and just talking to Vader, and at the end of the day, it it couldn't have been Obi Wan, it couldn't have been Yoda, it had to be Luke. Yeah. And it's difficult. Like I said, I think it's because Vader had light in him. Yeah. I don't think there's any light in Palpatine. No. Therefore, he's too dangerous to be left alive, and so forth and so on. But yeah, sure. Something, something interesting to think about. Now, um, to continue real quick with just something from George Lucas, uh, in one of the earlier drafts of the original, back in 1975, uh, writings of A New Hope, and in one of the older novelizations, there's a really cool line mm -hmm. that's featured there, because the old novelization had a couple of points that mention the Journal of the Wills, which was the original concept of how we were interpreting the story. Yeah. It's um, the ancient texts. Right. And so from one of the ancient texts, And in the time of the greatest despair, there shall come a savior, and he shall be known as the Son of Sons. That's S-O-N of S-U-N's. Mm-hmm. Journal of the Wills. Um, so, I like that. Yeah. The Son of Sons. It's cool. Twin sunsets. Now, here, I think it's definitely talking about Luke, though. Yes. Because 
he, like, Anakin wasn't on Tatooine enough, I think, for that to relate to him. And he also hated it, so. Right. Whereas with Luke, I mean, <laughs> Luke has a, Luke has a mystical connection with the sunset. We talked about that. And yes. Like, It's that, like Disney princesses and water. Right. <laughs> right. Important water. Um, and so... But I just I just like that title, The Son of Sons. I wish that it had been cool. more of a thing. Um, so, this is the part where I, I was like, we're going to come back to some stuff. Okay? Yeah. So, this is where we originally got the most we understood in Legends about the Chosen One. Yeah. Except we didn't get it. Because there's a book called The Jedi Path. Which we have. We do. And it's part of a series where it's basically, you got like the Jedi Path, you got the Bounty Hunters Code, you've got the Book of the Sith, and so forth. And we're going to talk about the Book of the Sith. But... You've got this stuff where it's like, it's meant to be written from the perspective of like, oh, this is a journal written by Jedi and all this other stuff. And Luke found it and he's making notes and it's this, you know, it's meant to be like you have a book actually from Star Wars kind of thing. Yeah. And it did a really cool thing where if you got the digital copy, the text of the chosen one was all garbled. And if you got the regular edition of the printed copy it was all blacked out if you got the deluxe edition the pages were ripped out that's neat and so all together it continues to serve this idea of like and, and luke even leaves a note it's like i didn't do this it was like this when i found it i promise <laughs> sorry master yoda um but it's this idea of hmm who what's... returns a library book like that now at the end of the day they wanted to do something about the Chosen One when they were writing this book, but were told by Lucasfilm, no. That's safe. And so That's fair. they did, but then had fun with it in a way of like, okay, let's make it into something. Because yeah. Lucasfilm was like, we're doing something with the Chosen One, yeah. don't talk about it. It's like how when, uh, I don't know if anyone out there has read Series of Unfortunate Events, but they're like repelling down a mine shaft, and in order to show how dark it was, it's just two blank pages of just black. Mm -hmm. And it's oh, interesting. really cool. That's interesting. Oh, man, I can't wait I love to when, read those books. I love when kids. books do interesting stuff like that, where it's like, that's a risky move, but you did it. Oh, yeah. Um, there's there's another book where it's just like a page and a half of varies. Mm -hmm. Like it's something very, 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 very. Wow. Exactly. It's <laughs> wonderful. Somebody was trying to make their word count. Oh, yeah. Um, so, But it's, it's a fun way of treating this, considering they could have done nothing. But, like, the the fact is, if they hadn't been nerds about it, they could have just done black lines. They didn't actually have to write anything, but they did. And, of course, Star Wars nerds are nerds, and they deciphered it. Yeah. So, the Jedi Path, from this, it's a it's a bit of a long bit. Um, let's, I guess, read it in, in segments first and get there. So, The Prophecy of the Chosen One by the Grand Master Fey Coven. Okay. So, here's the thing. Yoda is 900 years old. He hasn't been Grand Master for that long, but he's at least been Grand Master for maybe 100 or so. Something like that. He's been a while. So this is some period well before Yoda as the Grand Master. So this is in History of the Jedi. The Jedi archives contain many prophecies. Jedi, with the gift of future sight, are able to see where a river empties into an ocean no matter what path or turn it may take along the way. To be honest... Anyone can do that with a good enough boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, there you go. That's there you the go. mouth. Um, <laughs> the prophecy of the Chosen One is one of the oldest prophecies of Mortis, held in the ancient holocrons. In the time of great despair, a child shall be born who will destroy the Sith and bring balance to the Force. Yeah. So, 
the 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 first part not much to talk about. There's a Jedi who's writing this, and they're talking about there's many Jedi with gifts, but this is the chosen one. I love that it talks about one of the oldest prophecies of Mortis. Yes. Um, that's interesting, and I it just... shows how much. And we're going to talk about yeah. the Mortis a little bit more, but it, it shows how much more in Legends they were into the spiritual stuff of Mortis than they are in canon a little bit. I'm just, like, imagining, like, the father writing something down and giving it to the son, saying, deliver this to the Jedi, and the, <laughs> and the son just walks over the edge of the pyramid and just, like, chucks it right. at the ground. Oh, that's funny. So, uh, here we get a little, you know, in a great time of despair, mm-hmm. in darkness, a child shall be born. Child's Doesn't born. mention no father, so that's interesting why... I guess Qui-Gon would be like, oh, that's weird. Must be a chosen one. Um, But here it does say, and we'll destroy the Sith and bring balance to the Force. Mm. Next it says, so really, that's the main part of the prophecy. That's the whole thing of the prophecy. The rest of this is just the the Jedi, the Grand Master, thinking about the prophecy. But it's interesting. All students able to see should understand that fulcrum, balance does not mean that good accepts the existence of evil in the way that sunlight gives rise to shadow. The dark has nothing to do with balance. Balance is a bed of green algae that feeds a school of darters whose numbers are kept in check by bog gulpers. Balance is the circle of life that presents in a monolith of systems. But beware, the greed of the dark side acts like a cancer on the living force, and the Sith are its chief agents. So, this is where we talk about... So, this Jedi is journaling and believing, so... Yeah, he's got some opinions. Balance has nothing to do with the dark side. I get what he's... I get... It, it's reminiscent of what Luke does in... Or what Ray says in The Last Jedi, where it's like, you know, I see life, death, that feeds new life. Balance. But death would arguably not represent light in a way. Like... Yeah. I, I, do, be, I do believe what he's talking about as balance is balance, but... To, to think that that doesn't in some way involve the the dark side. Like, that's the difficult thing, yeah. is it's like the idea of accepting the dark. It's like, and that's what's so ethereal about the idea of yin and yang, is it's like, it's inseparable sides. Exactly. There's two sides of the same coin. And if you don't accept the dark, then you don't acknowledge the dark. And you will fall, and you will fail. And just throw you in a basket with other bad puppies. What are you about to say? I, I, you I, got a you, dumb face. I got a big smiley face. <laughs> I know you do. There's a moment in Dooku Jedi Lost. They're reciting an incantation. And they're praying to the light, the dark, and the balance in between. We walk in the light, accept the dark, and find balance in ourselves. I lost my mind when they that's, said that because I'm like, oh, that's what I've been wanting. Acknowledgement. We accept the dark yes. and find balance in our lives. But that's... Now, here's the thing. You have to take that one and the other. We walk in the light. Yes. Accept the dark. Accept that that's a reality of life, that there is a light and there is a dark. There is good and there is bad. You know, yeah. Luke even says, like, powerful light, powerful dark. You can't have one without the other. Exactly. I mean... I just, I just, I, that was an unplanned thing where you went to a place I wasn't going to mention, but I had to mention it. Well, it makes me think of the line in The Last Jedi that Holdo says to Poe, and, you know, he finishes it. Leia said, you know, if you only 
have hope when the sun's out, you'll never make it through the night. Right. Like, if you only believe in the sun when you see it, like, You're if you can't... You're gonna have a bad night. Right. Well, it's this idea of what makes the dark acceptable <laughs> is because the light's coming back. Now, exactly. what makes... Why do we have... You know, it's this idea of teaching, enjoy the day while you have it because it's not forever, but don't fear the night because it's not forever either. Just because there's clouds in the sky doesn't mean Boom. the sun doesn't exist. Exactly. It's just, you know, so I fundamentally disagree with this part of the... Yes. But this isn't part of the prophecy. Like I said, there's two lines of the prophecy, and the rest is just this Jedi thinking about it. But yeah, I, I, I fundamentally disagree with the idea that balance has nothing to do with the dark side. I think that's really out there in, 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 van, in vain. So it goes on. So, and this is where it starts to get really interesting. The prophecy of the Chosen One is both simple and seductive. Some may think that the prophecy eliminates or entails that the Jedi need do nothing to combat evil besides wait for the Chosen One to arrive. This temptation towards laziness should not be shunned, or should be shunned, for the Order exists to serve others. So although the prophecy may be true, Jedi must act as if it is not. Responsibility does not lie with a single Savior, but with the Jedi Order. So basically you're saying, this prophecy is important, it matters, but it doesn't. Well, there's truth and fallacy in this. Yes. There's truth in the sense that, I mean, it's like, okay, so for instance, take Christians. Christians, because we, you know, believe in God is good and all this other stuff, we could take it in the sense of, I don't have to do anything because God's good and powerful and he'll do everything. But... At the end of the day, you still have like if there's that was, responsibilities. Right. If that was the case, every time you said, "Oh, I believe in Jesus," you would just go straight to heaven. Why? Why would you continue yeah. to have life if you weren't meant to do something with that life? And why would there be so much of the Bible talking about what you should do if you weren't meant to do anything? So it's the same idea of like, hey, yes, we believe that there may be a chosen one who comes and ultimately brings balance, mm -hmm. but we individually now with the life and responsibility we have still also have to seek balance yes we have something to do so i think what he's i think what he's saying is true in the sense of hey don't get lazy because you think a chosen one's coming continue to do your jobs i do think the pride comes in at the end where it's like the responsibility doesn't lie on a single savior but with the jedi order it's this idea of again you can it's tell like exactly when this was written Right. It's, it's again, it's like the idea of, so you got Jesus, but Jesus ain't nothing without the church. Um, that's no. actually not the case. No. Just like, so you just said the prophecy is about one who would bring balance to the force by destroying the Sith, but it you have to have the Jedi Order, like... Now, and here's where this gets interesting, because it's, it's at the, it's his last line of this whole thing, so... Many will wonder whether the prophecy of the Chosen One still applies to modern time. That was what we mentioned earlier. I think that's an interesting point. After all, the shape-changing Sith have been extinct for nearly 900 years. Master Sulut believed the prophecy dated from the First Great Schism, and that the line about the Sith was added later to refine the original text. I think that's an interesting thing in terms of, much like with Obi-Wan, you were meant to destroy the Sith. That came later. The mm -hmm. actual prophecy never says anything about that. Exactly. But you here's, gotta think, the Sith did not exist when this was written. It, fun, essentially. Essentially. Now, here's the big cool thing. And this is the thing where they contradict themselves. Of, you know, it's not about one savior, it's about the Jedi Order. Yeah, but then you also said, 
The Chosen One would be surely a vessel of pure energy, someone who was fathered into existence by the midichlorians themselves to act as their agent. Such a being would be beyond the authority of the Jedi Council. I think that might be dumb. I think that's right. I think the first thing he said is dumb. Exactly. I like you. So you say it's not about a savior; it's about the Jedi Order. But then you say that the savior is above the Jedi Order. So doesn't that mean he doesn't need the Jedi Order? It's a. It's so interesting. I, I, and this is where it comes back to... It never mentions that the Chosen One has to be a Jedi. So... I guess... And we'll get towards the end, end of this so we're not terribly long, but... Do you think there could have ever been a story that played out where they discover the chosen one and let the chosen one be the chosen one and not be like, oh, he's got to become a Jedi. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get you. So, like, if we take this idea of he's above the Jedi Council, he's above the Jedi. Then should be he should he be trained as a Jedi? Right, that's what I mean. That's my question. What do you think? Do you, do you no. think that ever could have... That would have never worked. Why? They would have never let that slide. Exactly, yeah. The, the the Jedi were too high on their horse to even see the ground. Mm-hmm. Th that, I said that like Chandler Bing, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, could I be any more Sith? Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the Jedi would have never allowed anyone to be trained any different than anyone else, mm -hmm. other than Anakin Skywalker, because they didn't like him. Right. But... So, I mean, it's like this idea of, like, hey, you're doing a lot of good work volunteering by yourself and doing your own thing. You know, you could help a lot more people if you help with this, or if you volunteer with this organization. But if I'm already doing good outside of the organization, what would being involved in the organization and being dictated by the organization help with me doing good? Like Exactly. And... I, I think you hit the big thing, though, is the Jedi never would have... And that's, they never would have accepted a Chosen One. That's what's so crazy like they to... they didn't. Yeah, well, that's what's so crazy to think about the Jedi. Like, here's the thing. The Jedi, a couple thousand crazy space wizards with laser swords and force mind powers... Yeah. ...basically think that they are as much separate from galactic organization as they are necessary to it. Exactly. Which is where they fall into the pit of, like, well, my allegiance is to the Republic and to democracy. But why, though? Exactly. Why, if, you, if you are ambassadors and ushers of peace and the greater force perspective... Like, that should not belong to any one government. Here's the thing. You believe... You believe you have a connection to the thing that gives everything life. Why do you think that the thing that gave everything life would be concerned with Republic versus separatist versus it. like we could have a whole conversation again like when church we had, and state exactly yeah like we had a whole conversation about the belief that god chooses the president and right. how oh, silly like, that is it here's the thing we're gonna and have to like backpedal on this you know and like, if and if you if you're a person of faith that's not us ch challenging god's no. omnipotence of or, not. but what it is is this, it's this challenge of the idea that god would busy himself with 
one political party versus the other. Like, yes. this idea that God is Republican or something like that is so stupid. It's so and stupid. the idea that the force is for the Republic, like, the force is for the force. Exactly. Like, the and force is concerned yeah. with the force's business. Yeah, and I know we've made a lot of, you know, force, religion, parallels in this one, but, like, it... It's based on religion. Well, okay, so here, I mean, yeah, and, he, and, and that's why we have a series <coughs> where we talk about that. Like, we've talked about Taoism. Taoism's a part of that as well. Yeah. Christianity's a part of it. Basically, George Lucas yeah. created a Star Wars universalism and the idea that... Exactly. Star, the Force is made... The, the understanding and belief of the Force is actually made up of several different religions. Exactly. We, have, we happen to be a part of the faith of one particular religion that he took inspiration from, so... It's hard for us to look at the Jedi and look at the Jedi Order and the yeah. Force and not see elements of our religion in it yeah. and make comparisons. But I think and, that yeah. adds to our understanding. And it's incredibly narrow-minded to think that Christianity is the only uh, inspiration for the Force. Just like it's very oh, narrow-minded gosh. to think that Christian Christianity is the only religion. Right. Well, I mean, people believe in many great things. Exactly. And now, you know, and arguably, and that's why we did... Our first episode about like, hey, what inspired the force? It's you know, Taoism. I, I I think Taoism inspired it way more than Christianity. Absolutely. Here's the thing: I think Christianity influenced more of the prequel trilogy, exactly. Chosen One, Messiah, and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, for any of those wondering, that's why it just kind of keeps coming up because there's yeah. so many connections. There's so many parallels. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean. Again, you know, we had a whole point on this about, like, we're not anti-Jedi or anything. It's just, it's this belief that the Jedi, having a connection to this great mystical power, and choose yet, to believe that that belongs to some political structure. Exactly. You claim to, you know, be these higher beings, but you understand nothing right. of what you claim to know so intimately. You know, and, and I think in Star Wars, definitely with the Jedi and the prequels, you know, there's this commentary on church and state. Yes. And the need for it to be separate, but also the dangers of it being combined. Because, I mean, imagine imagine if our government was Christian, and what that would allow people to do to other people of faith because of that. Yes. If, if our political... And if, if our government could all of a sudden say, you have to be Christian, think of the persecution yeah. that Which would come from that. Which is ironic, because we left England because of religious persecution, and now we're currently persecuting other people for their religions. Well, Jesus' commentary in much of the New Testament is about the idea of, like, wait, you're using religion to dominate and dictate people, and that's not what it's for. Exactly. It's about a relationship with the greater creator of everything. You're using the force to help the Republic when it's a, not about that. It's so crazy. Um, that was a whole big soapbox. We put, we, 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 we're stepping forget, down now. We're forget, forget the soapbox. This is a soap mountain. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the main commentary being the idea of... The, that's why I think... That's why I like the idea of that last line of the Chosen One would be above the Jedi Order. The Chosen One would be about the Force's business. Yeah. Here's the thing, and like I said, I think the idea of the Chosen One is an interesting parallel to the Messiah of Christianity and so forth. Um, and much like in the Bible, you know, Jesus is 
lifted up to say, hey, he is above all this other stuff. He is the way to the creator. I think there's almost this vibe with the chosen one of the same thing, where it's like, hey, he's above the institution. He is a pure vessel for the force, which puts him above all of that. Now, moving on from that, the interesting thing um, is that, you know, we mentioned the Jedi path. It's the book of the Jedi, basically. We learn more about the Jedi because of it. We also get some interesting stuff um, from the book of the Sith. And uh, so this is something not explored in canon yet, not addressed in canon. But it's kind of, I think, been a question for many fans is, okay, the Jedi believe in the prophecy of the Chosen One. The Jedi think of the Chosen One. What about other Force users? What about the Sith? What about the Night Sisters? The Book of the Sith has something to say about that. So, yeah. the Sith do have their own belief of a Chosen One. The Sithari. The perfect being. Uh, it would be one uh, who would arise and free of all restrictions would be the ultimate Sith. Mm. The Sithari was said would rise uh, to a pinnacle of supreme power to lead the Sith, but then destroy them, only to make them stronger than ever. Hmm. Many throughout Sith history saw themselves or were viewed by others as the chosen one of Sith legend. King Addis, Darth Adinadu, Darth Revan, Darth Malak, Darth Malgus, Darth Ruin, Darth Bane. I have my thoughts on Darth Bane. Darth Tenebrous, Darth Plagueis, and Darth Sidious. Of course they all thought that they were the one. Every, I mean, that's the thing with Sith. They're all selfish. They all think they're the, you know, center of the universe. Exactly. That's why the rule of two happened. Here's the thing. I think the only two viable candidates for the Sith Arai or the Sith Chosen One, at the end of the day, do you believe they are thinking of the same Chosen One? Or do you think that they are thinking of a Chosen One of their own accord like i think they took the same prophecy and just twisted it to meet their needs which is interesting because i've had the thought lately especially after reading dooku jedi lost i hate to keep referencing it but both that and master apprentice are on my mind right now because they're oh. fantastic <laughs> um what if all this stuff was just the force warning people of what was happening like what have you thought about where we get these prophecies mm-hmm. like Here's the thing. In the Bible, where do they get their prophecy? From the Creator. Jesus. From, from God himself. The equivalent in this case would be the Force. The Force, what if the Force was giving these prophecies to say, hey, this is, this is going to happen. Just so you know, I'm not going to stop it, but this is going to happen. Right, this is, this is the future. Like, yeah. I think we interpret it as, oh, somebody might have had a vision one time and they wrote it down and that's been the thing. But what if the Force just literally just said one day, hey, this is what's happening. Hey, Todd. <laughs> And Darth Todd. So I think that the Sith and Jedi were listening. Sith took it one way, Jedi took it another way. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's the same chosen one. Yeah. But the only two candidates, I think, if we are if we are going to entertain the idea that the Sith have their own chosen one, the only two, I think, that are viable options are Darth Bane and Darth Sidious. Okay. Because it talks about rising to great power, but it's the line about, you know, he's going to destroy them to make them stronger. I think with Darth Sidious, though, he got his great power through process of elimination, to be <laughs> honest. Well, with Sidious, though, he didn't really lead the Sith. He led Darth Vader, a exactly. Sith. Whereas with Darth Bane, Darth Bane arguably 
was the end of the yeah. Sith because he's the one that introduced the rule of two. He's the one that, for all intents and purposes, quote unquote, destroyed the Sith way to make them stronger. He made them stronger by introducing the rule of two because if it weren't for the rule of two, they would have si- just killed each other. Right. Well, Insidious wouldn't have been able to rise to power then. He wouldn't have been able to hide in secret and all this other stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. Also, in the Book of the Sith, it's mentioned about Night Sisters, which I thought was interesting. Hey, the Night Sisters of Dathomir have an ancient prophecy concerning a perfect being. I find it interesting that the dark side both interpret it as a perfect being. The Sithari and the, the Night Sisters, they both translate it to perfect being. I think that's interesting. Uh, the perfect being would one day arise, and the prophecy was made by Ayla, an exiled Darth. Jedi and the mother of all witches. Interesting. Mm. Uh, her daughters became the first crafters of spirit-willed magics, basically Night Sister Force powers. Yeah. The chosen one would be brought into existence by the spirits, and would embody the balance between the winged goddess and the fanged god. So, <gasps> right, right. Holy hand grenades! Where do we know Batman. that from? Where do oh. we know that from? Oh my gosh. It's so appropriate. Mortis. Mortis. Here, here's the thing. Oh my god. <laughs> ah. Maybe it's just because the Night Sisters are a third party and don't have any allegiance to Jedi or Sith, but they are the ones I think that got it the most right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the sun would just like be chilling with the Night Sisters sometimes, just being like, hey. Well, because Mortis, Mortis definitely represents a more m- magic, yes. mystic realm that the Night Sisters would be more open to. Yes. Because the Jedi, it's like, I mean, think about it. I think we even talked about it when we talked about Mortis, where it's like, hey, like, you would think this kind of stuff isn't Jedi-like, because yeah, it's like, this is a little mystical. It's like, who would you rather hang out with? Lawful good or chaotic evil? Neutral is the best way to go. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I think that's interesting. I, yeah. I when I read that, I was like, "Oh, Night Sisters got it right." Of course they did, yes. <laughs> because they're smart. Um, and so going from there, you know, the celestial group known as the Ones uh, had such a prophecy, but their prophecy was way more literal in the sense that an actual person would bring balance to an actual son and an actual daughter of light and dark. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and and all of this about the Chosen One, we have to think. So where does Mortis play in? Is Mortis still not real, or is it real? Because a lot of people yeah. seem to know about Mortis in history. Yeah, right? The Night Sisters know about Mortis now. Oh, man. I hate that this is all legends, because it's so juicy. <laughs> it's so good. This yeah. is good stuff. It's such just, just good stuff. <laughs> I want to spread it on my toast in the morning. Oh, my goodness. So, well... I, I think that's the most we can unpack with all this. Like I said, we got we have we can a, unpack more. We could. We don't. We we have limited so much. Reason. Have you ever had a dreams? <laughs> have you ever? Have you? Have you? Have you ever? You that you, you could ever, that you, you uh... would that you could fly. So, here's the thing, guys. So much has been unpacked, but let us know what you think. What What about this this prophecy knowledge bomb has struck you? What do you think about all of this stuff? Uh, and, and yeah, we, I, we want a conversation about this because this is the kind of stuff we love to talk about. Heck so yeah. So join us on social media about that. Let us know what you think. All that good stuff. Uh, we're going to close out with a Q&A and some announcements and then we'll let you go. You're almost there, guys. All right, John. Yes. We're finally at the time that everyone's been waiting for. 
Is this what Not it is? Not that prophecy mess. <laughs> Nobody Not cares. Not sisters. We're talking about Q&As now. Yes, Q's and A's, the important things. Yeah, a very popular one this week was yeah. the question that we asked. Notifications blew up for this one, man. Yeah. Um, we asked you guys if you could take one thing from Star Wars animation and bring it into live action films, what would it be? My new favorite Twitter. <laughs> it's beat out the Bothans. It's beat out the Bothans. <laughs> it's still up there for me, though. Gonk Wisdom. Just with beautiful, beautiful poetry said, A gonk. <laughs> yes, gonk. Uh, Brad is on Scarif and Sean Cochran. Uh, said, The World Between Worlds. I definitely think we will see that again. I hope so. Uh, Ian K said, Twilight of the Apprentice. I know what this is, and I wish I didn't. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry, but... Spoilers! Yeah. Thanks, Goodness. Twitter. Oh, by the way, Ian, don't feel bad. It wasn't you that spoiled no, it. No, that no, was well before I you. already knew don't about worry. this. Yeah. Like, I knew about this before we started the podcast. Yeah. Because, like, I... Can't protect you from everything. No. Um... Eric Ilderson, Mandy Castellos, Castellanos, and James W. Thank you for the <laughs> short <laughs> joke. Uh, said Mortis. Yeah. Heck yeah, um, Mortis. I would def. I, I mostly just because I would love to see more of it. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Rick Villanueva said Cad Bane, but also Ventress and Ray Sloan. Definitely Ray Sloan. I am with you on that one. Yeah, I hear good things about Ray Sloan. Well, we just need more of her story. That. That's the thing. Like, we got a lot of interest. We got a good amount of Cat Bane. I'd love those, but the one who would most benefit, Ray Sloan. Yeah. Uh, Johnny54017. I feel like I just rattled off your serial number. <laughs> um, also said Johnny Cat Bane. Johnny5. Uh, yeah, Don't Cat, even. again, Cat Bane. Don't even start Love. Those. Uh, Noir Inc. said Obi-Wan and Maul rivalry. I would like, I mean... It sucks that, you know, obviously Alec Guinness couldn't be in the, the role, but it would be interesting to see, like, Alec Guinness play old Obi-Wan mm -hmm. versus, I don't know who they would get to play old, um, Maul. Old Maul. Old Maul. <laughs> I feel like by the time we get that, Ray Park will be, they can put makeup on Ray Park. Oh, that's true. Okay, okay, I'll give you that one. But it, it, it does make the age yeah. of twin sons seem a lot more yes. serious. Like, oh my gosh, Obi-Wan. Here's the Moisturize. Thing. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. Ray Park will always be Maul in live action for me. There's oh, yeah. no one else yeah. who could ever do I it. I mean, I didn't mean it like that. I just yeah. mean, like, once you put on that makeup, you don't really see age much. Yeah, I get you. I mean, so. they did they did a good job kind of letting that his age bleed through in Solo, but that yeah. was about it. But nowhere near as aged as Obi-Wan. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah, uh, Daniel T. Foster said Harrison Dula. Yes, I think that is an, yes. a good option. I think that would be great. Uh, Played by Vanessa Marshall, of course. Of course. Uh, DeAndre J. said Pre Vizsla and the Death Watch. I would just, Death Watch, Mandalorians, please, just, I mean, here's the thing. The Mandalorians coming out, I think we're yes. going to see more Mandalorians. We're going to see maybe like a remnant of Death Watch. But I want, I definitely want like center stage in the prime Mandalorians, and I hope that that's why I hope we're going to the Old Republic to see a little bit more of that with one of these other projects that they're working on with Star Wars, so. Yeah. Uh, Shane, Mikkel, Michael, I don't know, said Lothcats. Yes. If I say your name wrong, please correct me. <laughs> the cutest thing in the galaxy, Lothcats. I've seen pictures, and I want one. Yeah, exactly. That's what we really need. 
Yeah. Uh, the Halo Scrolls said Captain Rex. The only one to mention Captain Rex. Yeah. I felt kind of bad about that, but I would love that. Yeah. Played by Tamara Morrison. Of course, because he's old. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would just love to see Tamora Morrison. It's, it's much like my obsession with wanting to see Tamora Morrison as Boba Fett. Yes. It's it's the same thing with wanting to see... It's this idea of, like, I want to see him as a clone again. I want to see him as Boba. I want to see that that beautiful connection of, like, oh, it's not just the idea that, yeah, he is a clone and he'll look like... No, he does yeah. look... like. It's I'll a weird thing with my brain where it's just, like... I just want Boba to take off his helmet and look like Tamora Morrison. <laughs> I want a scene between, this is completely just like fan fiction, a scene between Rex and Boba where Rex mm. like takes off his helmet and he's like, so that's what dad would look like. Oh, my heart. You're welcome. So many pieces on the floor. <laughs> oh. Now he just looks like a skull. Goodness gracious. Um, Rogue Squad Pod, David Sinclair Smith, Scott Graham, Kylo Ren's Body Slam. I love your name. <laughs> Rico Youngblood, uh, The Rick, and Jimmy all said Ahsoka. Not surprising there. Not surprising at and all. And I definitely agree. I would love to see Ahsoka in live action, faux show. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, what's your answer, John? Um, goodness gracious. I'm really torn, because there's, there's a couple. I would love to see... I mean, obviously, I think all of these are really great answers. I would love to see Ahsoka, for sure. Yes. I would love to see Ahsoka in live action. Yeah. Um, I mentioned I would love to see, like, Death Watch Mandalorians kind of in their prime a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see Daniel Logan as Boba Fett as well. As much as I'd love to see Tamora Morrison, yeah. you know, I would love to see a grown Boba Boba. Yeah. If that makes sense, you know? Um, and, because it's this idea of, and, well, what's that got to do with animation? Because in animation, because he was younger, Daniel Logan got to be Boba. And so to bring Daniel Logan as yeah. the Boba would be, it would be a really cool thing. Yeah, you gotta think of animation in the Clone Wars. All of the young clones looked like Daniel Logan, right. while all of the older clones looked like Tamar Morrison. Right. Because that's how it was supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, and, and definitely they look like each other, uh, especially the more Daniel ages. But, yeah, um, yeah to, to, I, it's one of those things where it's like, I just it would be such a wholesome moment for Daniel Logan to put on that armor as Boba Fett for a thing. And it's like, he's not just baby Boba. He's yeah. not just the kid anymore. He is Boba Fett. Do you think Boba's whole sense of individuality came from his father? Where, like... I am different because I am a son instead of, you know, among mm -hmm. these nameless things. And then when his father died, he probably had a moment like, I'm just like all of the, uh, these other clones. Well, well uh, I think he definitely struggled with individuality after that. And I think mm -hmm. that's where a lot of his revenge streak comes from in terms of like, I've got to do what my father would want me to do. I've got to do this. I've got to be different. I've got to... And that, it, you know, he's definitely finding his footing yeah, as, as, as himself. Breaking your heart since 1977. <laughs> no, uh, Not quite. No, that was... No, I did it wrong. 1980. 1990. 1980. 1980. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, no, well, 1978 is when the holiday special came out. So technically, Breaking your heart since 1978. So, uh, uh, but you, bringing it from animation to live action, what would you do? Night Sisters. Ooh. Give okay. me Night Sisters. That'd be fantastic. Give me. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be, I, I would like to see, mostly just because 
that's another realm of They're the Force. So cool. You know, like, it'd be something other than Jedi and Sith on screen for once. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that would be bomb diggity. Yeah. Um, of Scuttlebutt podcast asked us. Yeah, sometimes we ask you, sometimes you ask us. And it's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Like Venom. Give and take. And Tom give and Hardy. Take. <laughs> yes. Or, um, or Tor for Grace. Tor for Grace. Tor for yeah, yes. Go for Grace. <laughs> That's my favorite uh, my favorite veg- vegetarian meat substitute is Tover. <laughs> That's funny. You're welcome. Oh, goodness. Uh, so. What they ask? Who asked what? <laughs> Scare of Scuttlebutt Podcast okay. asked us who's going to take it for the team and bite the big one in episode nine. Ooh. Death. Thinking about death. Do you have any initial thoughts? I have the same answer that I had for Infinity War. The answer's me because I'm going to jump out a window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to think, because we're going to see uh, in-game today, and uh, we were like, oh, let's take bets and all this other stuff, and it was just like, I'm the one that's going to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get to it before all y'all. Just oh, my hop goodness. out a window. Um, so, actual answer? I try not to dwell. You don't like to think about death? Uh, no, I just don't like to think about, I think you know... of death so fondly, it's as if it was a friend. I know I that's not the quote. So much I know it's not like the quote. Memory. I know it's not the quote. This you literary genius. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. What? <laughs> what is my words? What are this? <laughs> what are this? <laughs> what are this? Uh, okay, but gun gun to your head. There's not. I know that you can't see this. Don't 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 think things. But <laughs> there's a cat. If you to have my head. okay, you have to say a name. You have to say a name. Who's gonna die in episode nine? I don't want to. You have to say a name. I don't have to. Like, I just... Give us something. Give the people what they want. Give the people death. (laughs) Release the Kraken. That is the millennial culture right now. Just give give the people what they want. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You answer. I'll come back. I don't want to influence you. I don't want to... I'm a bad influence. Yes, you are. I, I am affluential. That is not what that means. I don't know. I'm tired at this point. Um, yeah. goodness gracious. Ugh. My answer is no. Your answer. <laughs> Your answer. Uh, okay, um. Dang it. I, I don't want anybody to die. Exactly. That's the thing, is I don't want to hope for someone to die or not to die. And be disappointed <laughs> in the end. And I hope Scuttlebutt's listening to this so they can get this beauty. All right. All I right. hope Scuttlebutt right. knows how much they break me. Are you Are you going to answer? No. No? No. Oh, you punk. All right. Here's my answer. Oh. Who's going who's gonna to bite the big one? Who's going to die in episode nine? Unnamed Stormtrooper number three. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want anybody. I don't want it. Me and Nub. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want Lando to die. I don't want Lando. I don't want Chewie to die. I don't want Leia to die. I. I mean. I want to go into it and not expect anything. You know, and and for Rebecca and all the others out there that doubt me and my stance on things, I don't want. I don't want Ben to die. Yeah. I want him to get his force powers taken away in Avatar style. I've said that for the past year. I don't want him to die. <laughs> maybe not maybe want to kill you. I want him to maim a little bit, maybe lose an <laughs> arm or something, but not die. It'd be Skywalker tradition. Um, gosh dang, yeah, I can't. Just like Anakin's disembodied hand comes out of you nowhere know what? and just All like. Right. You know what? Claude's gonna die. 
He's got no arms. How can he defend himself? He's just a, he's just a pudgy little vegetable. He's gonna die. Moving on. Moving on. Goodness gracious. Thank you, Scuttlebutt, for, for that madness. Ugh. Love your podcast, by the way. There you go. Yes. And we love you. Uh, Game Infinite asked, What does Rise of Skywalker mean? And will JJ retcon raise Origins? I'll start with the other part. I don't think that JJ is going to change anything from what we know now. No. Do, the difference between retcon and, and whatnot. I don't... Now... He may expand. Yes, I was going to say, I think he'll expand. I think we'll learn a little bit more, but I think part of Ray's journey just has to be about her not finding her meaning in her origins and parents. And that's significant. Yeah, part of the legend of Luke Skywalker was... His blood. He's a Skywalker. Right. The significance of Ray is that she is nobody. Not because she believes she's nobody, but because she comes from nowhere that would deem... and, And I, you know, again, I think of... You know, the we mentioned it in our Star Wars comic review, which is over on YouTube if you haven't checked it out. There's a line where Jabba's like, uh, could anything good come from Tatooine? And he's talking to Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hmm, some, someone seemed to think so. Uh, and, you know, it's that sort of Messiah thing of, like, could anything good come from Nazareth? You're the, you're the son of God? What? You come from that dump? Uh, I think there's significance in, in, in mm-hmm. that, in the idea of... Could anything come good come from Jakku? Could anything yes. good from Savannah, could come from Savannah, Georgia? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. We made the same joke. Um, but it, yeah, so I, I think we'll learn more. I definitely think we'll learn more. I don't think it'll change it that she's a Skywalker or anything like that. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, whatever they do, I'll accept because that's what they're gonna do. But uh, I don't think so. Yes, I agree. Um. So for the other one, what does to you what does Rise of Skywalker mean? Rise of the name of Skywalker back into where it should be. Return into glory. Exactly. Because return of Skywalker would just be silly. Yeah. I do like the the parallels people have put up of revenge, return, rise. Um, That's a good question. I mean, I I, I think kind of along the lines of what you're talking about. I think it's it's definitely a, a rise... It's rising above what's what it's become to be what it should have been. Yes. I don't know if that makes sense, Jesse, but hopefully it did. Uh, and thank you guys for your questions. Yeah. <laughs> they broke us. More than this episode did, they broke us. The questions are where, where we lost our minds. Yeah, my brain is an egg, and it cracked and released the darkness, <laughs> yes. and there's that's what on happens. the floor. That's what happens when you talk about prophecies, folks. It breaks your brain. That's why nobody understands prophecies, because you can't think about them. It hurts. Um, but hopefully you enjoyed us unpacking that a little bit. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Let us know, again, what your thoughts are on all this stuff. We want to start a conversation. So head over to Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff, and talk to us. Um, we mentioned earlier, but to remind you, we are doing a Master and Apprentice review uh in which we are also giving away two copies of the star wars celebration exclusive version um so if you've entered in make sure that you're tuning into our youtube channel on saturday if you haven't entered go to our twitter go to our pinned tweet and follow the rules for entering in and there you go you'll be in the running for that book lots of people want their hands on it so make sure that you're entered in for that um, we released a newsletter yesterday, uh, basically letting you guys know what we're doing for the next month. So if you want to know what, uh, episodes to look forward to and which ones to skip, hopefully you won't skip any, but, uh, if you definitely want to know more of what we're doing, 
both on our podcast and YouTube channel. Check out the newsletter. It's over on Patreon, but you can view it without being a patron. Don't worry. But while you're there, why don't you go ahead and look around, patrons? See what you can uh, do to support the show and get rewarded for it. We got lots of bonuses, lots of goodies, lots of fun stuff uh, in ways that we would like to thank you for your support, and we would like your support. We would like your help in doing what we do because we love doing what we do, and we want to do it uh, forever, and we want to do it better, and we want to send our cats to college, guys. So, if you would uh, check out our Patreon page, see what we're doing for the next month, and see how you can be a part of supporting that, that would be balls, So much amaze. Such good. Yes. Don't um, ever say that again. <laughs> and likewise, we want to thank uh, Rebecca Diaz and Jim Caprone, our current patrons, the current team behind us, supporting us and encouraging us and giving us the ultimate power to be the ultimate podcast that we are. We only, only with your help, join forces with us through Patreon and help us together. We will destroy the Jedi, I mean, take over the internet. Uh, yeah, one, one way or the other. I mean, here's the thing, you know, you, you support the show, we'll, we'll talk about what we'll do. We'll, we might destroy some Sith, might destroy some Jedi, might take over, who, who knows. Maybe both. But we will definitely continue to make good stoof uh, with your support. So, all that said, guys, have a great rest of your day. Until the next thing we release drops, we uh, should be putting up uh, Mandalorian uh trailer breakdown and all that good stuff on YouTube, and uh, we're putting out a comic review of Darth Vader number one, like, lots of stuff coming out. Check out our newsletter to get the deets on all of that stoof, uh, and have a great day. Yeah. I have been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I've been your mommy. This has been Nerd Herder. Guys, stay scruffy, and may the force be with you. Bye-bye.